Love Talk Radio. Hey everybody, uh, this is the Independent Corner with your host Jonathan Moody, and tonight we have special guests uh, from some of the cast and crew of the independent uh, Canadian slasher movie, uh, Left for Dead. Um, I guess everybody uh, just kind of introduce yourselves. Hello. Yeah, just uh, like uh, introduce yourselves. Like uh, I, I guess uh, you uh, starting with you, Chris. Okay, I'm Christopher Harrison. I'm the writer, producer, director of Left for Dead, and I'm also here with uh, Ryan Luigi and Carlos Henriques, who are responsible for the effects for the film, and one of our actresses, uh, Naomi Hewer, is here with us tonight. All right, sweet. Um, so I guess um, we'll just start talking to you first, and then uh, whenever. Oh wait, I've got my um. Uh, co-host with me here. Hold on a second. Okay, cool. Uh, Chris, are you on? Yep. Log oh, Talk yeah, Radio. Oh. <laughs> hey, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up? Uh, yeah, so you're with the, um, uh, here, here you're with the uh, guys from uh, Left 4 Dead. Cool. What's up, guys? Hey, how are you, Chris? Doing good. Doing good. What's good, up? Good. Not too much? All right, so um, I guess we're going to talk to uh, Chris Harrison about the, uh, the first of all, how did this all begin? Um, well, basically, um, I work with a couple of people out of Hamilton, and their company's called Revolution Films, and they own this pretty big mansion. And I was sitting out front with my brother, and he was saying how amazing it would be if we could turn this place into a frat house. And we're like, yeah, wouldn't that be cool if it was a frat house, but almost like Black Christmas, and we had people in it, and someone was stalking them. So uh, basically, from that, I started writing the script, and I wrote it in three weeks. And... Uh, had the executive producer of the film, uh, Adam Durani, basically came to me to write a project, and he, I won't get into what that project was about, but basically he said that uh, he was very interested in making a movie, I didn't see that very feasible, told him my idea for Left 4 Dead, and uh, he said that he was very interested and wanted to fund it, and I could write and direct and produce it. So that's how it all came to fruition, just total luck. <laughs> nice. And uh, do you want to talk about the budget, or did you... I don't want to um, that. I don't, I, I don't know that. Uh, it's up to you guys. I don't know that. It ma- well, it was it was two hundred thousand dollars to make the film. And that's that's actually. I mean, that's a pretty good budget usually. Like. Well, I think uh, you can pull off independent films for that. We did some pretty innovative things to uh, to save money and stuff. So it, it really worked out for us. And because majority of it was in that frat house location, we were able to cut costs there. We were able to cut costs shooting uh, on HD. Like we just we were able to save a lot of money. Right, and um, yeah, I guess HD cameras are not as expensive anyway, like, you know, as much as they used to be. Right, no, they're not, but we actually, we own the uh, the Panasonic P2, I guess that's a plug for them, and uh, basically what I did was I took the Panasonic P2, and I put a 35mm lens adapter on it, and shot with 35mm lenses, so we mined it, we had no, tra- the only transfers came from straight out of the camera into the computer, and we were doing our transfers for basically a dollar. For like a uh, final cut or yeah i I edited the movie as well on final cut, yeah, that's correct, okay, yeah, um, I'm still trying to learn final cut mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I've been working on it ten years, and I'm still learning it too. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't even figured out how to capture oh really <laughs> it's you know, but i I just started, so you know. yeah, cool, man, yeah, so it's really cool uh it, you know it's really it's a really hard uh uh tool, I guess, but you know yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah, absolutely. It is a very professional product, and it does take quite a while to learn. But once once you harness it, it, it is a very powerful tool and a great element to uh, to filmmaking for sure. Okay. Well, um, 
uh, you know, I guess I, I talked to you earlier about um, the how, how you got the, um, you know, the cast. So if you want to talk about that a little bit. Um, well, it all started basically, um, it was funny, myself and Carlos, who's here tonight, the effects guy, were on IMDb, and we noticed that uh, Danielle had an agent in Toronto, some person called Cookie McShitterson. And we phoned that number, and I think it was like uh, Johnny on the spot in Arizona or something, because nobody answered for days. So I called her agent or her manager, Felicia, in L.A., and I let her know that I was interested in Danielle. She thought it was a good idea because of her horror past, rah, rah, rah. And uh, she told me to send the script, and Danielle really dug the script, like that it was a classic 80s. It, the whole film's a, like an homage to the 80s horror films. Mm-hmm. So she basically really dug the script, and I got a call back, and she wanted to do it. Total luck, once again. <laughs> cool. Which, by the way, for everyone out there, is, uh, you need a lot of that in the film industry. <laughs> Yeah. So it's a lot of luck. <laughs> oh, definitely. I didn't know that that was going to work out that way. And then who knew she was going to end up in Rob Zombie's Halloween directly after my film, right? <laughs> right. Oh wow. That, that was more that luck. Was, that is luck. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. And so uh, you know, so how how long has it been in post production? Um, the film's complete right now. Actually, we completed it in um, where are we now? We're in October. I completed it back in July, and we've been seeking uh, distribution since then. So even though the status on IMDb says post-production, we're just in the process of still of just finalizing our deal, which it looks like, like I mentioned earlier, that it will probably be coming out through Think Film for North America. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. And uh, it probably wasn't too hard to sell it with, the, you know, with at least Danielle's name attached to it now. You, know. um, you would be surprised. <laughs> A really? A lot of funny things happened, yeah. Like, uh it was funny because we had, before Halloween came out, we had actually, I won't mention any names, but we had a big world deal come through where we had someone offer us the entire world rights for the film. And after the success of Halloween, we got a call that day saying that they were no longer interested. <laughs> Whoa. So that, that kind of threw us. But, do, you think, uh, do you think it was because of Halloween? I'm not really sure what it is. I mean, I don't really think people really, it, I don't know how well people know the genre of horror and stuff. And But like I said, this is a complete 80s homage, so... Um, Basically, who knows? Maybe they just thought it wasn't it wasn't their cup of tea, or maybe they didn't like Halloween. Whatever, it's you know, it's all subjective. So, I'm cool with it. <laughs> and what, whatever uh, happens, happens, right? Yeah. And plus, I had mentioned like we had other offers. We were pretty lucky, like for independent filmmakers, we actually had four offers come in on our film. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah. So for for an independent film, that's pretty good because as you guys probably know, most it's very hard to get interest for an independent film. So yeah, made for nothing. So we had. Uh, yeah, we had quite a few interested parties, and we just kind of went with the best one that seemed best for us. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Chris, do you have any questions? Do I have uh, any questions? Oh, Chris, sorry. <laughs> Chris. There's two uh, Chris's. Chris's. Jeez. Right, I know. We keep confusing this. I was like, yeah, where did you guys start? No. <laughs> That's kind of funny. In my workplace, there's actually, there's also two Chris's. Oh, right, eh? <laughs> so, like, you know, yeah, so someone says Chris, and, like, five people turn around. I was like, what? What is it? <laughs> yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah, I'm actually checking out. Uh, I'm checking you out on the uh, Internet Movie Database. Okay. That's. Uh, yeah, checking out. That's. A, I gotta say, that is a very creepy looking poster. I know the poster's cool, eh? I like it. We very, wanted something cool. really simple and like basically I, what I told the person who designed it uh, was that we wanted something simple. Like the film was simple. It was cheap. We needed something yeah. that wasn't, you know, how often posters would be much bigger or video boxes would be much bigger than the movie. I was like, don't do that. And then uh, she came up with that, and it was brilliant, actually. Yeah, it was cool. I like it yeah, a lot. I really like it. 
Cool. So like uh yeah, so you mentioned it's kind of like an eighties kind of an eighties homage. Like well yeah. like what uh, like what movies did you kinda consider like sort of uh like sort of an influence? Like what movies did you kinda Halloween was a major influence for it. Yeah. Halloween was a major influence, uh Night of the Creeps <clears throat> was a major influence in the frat essence. Um I took a lot of the characters' names, like almost everything. There's 13, 13 murders in the film, which is quite a bit for a for a 78 minute feature. Yeah. But, uh, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. The, the 13 goes hand in hand with the fact that Friday the 13th, and there's all kinds of sort of lines that are there. The characters' names are taken from 80s horror films as well. Like everything has some sort of drawback to some 80s horror film or influence. Like I said, from Night of the Creeps to Halloween to Friday the 13th to The Thing to whatever it is, right? Yeah, and and that was cool too because the effects guys that I work with are also hardcore into that as well. So, and that's when I personally think I mean those were my favorite times in the horror genre. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, do, were definitely. you a person who kind of grew up with the horror genre? Like, did you watch a lot of horror movies? And absolutely, it was totally my calling. Uh, it's funny because I've had um, I've been doing it for ten years. I've actually made four features, two of which actually aren't on IMDb. One called Sight, one called Why Girls, and. Uh, the, the the I made these four movies and it was funny the one I got I love horror and the one that I'm getting the most success with and the things that are doing the best for me is the the horror movie I did so I don't know what I was thinking ten years ago I should have made a horror movie from the beginning yeah <laughs> cool. so, so what, um, was the, what were the what were the other two movies that weren't on the uh, internet movie uh, it was nature? a film called Sight and a film called Why Girls which I'm actually writing Why Girls now as a uh, a major motion picture now. Cool. Because yeah, because it never came out. And it's a pretty good story, so it's a pretty whack story. It's like American Graffiti meets Pulp Fiction. Oh, dude, nice. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so that's my next project. Oh, so you're not gonna do another horror movie after this? Um, I'm not gonna jump right back into it. I do have other horror films. I also have a film called Strafferville I'm working on, and which is a ghost story. And I have a like a horror thriller called uh, Ghoul. And uh, the, the the thing was that I'm sure you, other people understand this is it, just the budgets are too high for them, so it's not realistically realistically I can't make those movies next because no one's going to give me you know say forty five fifty million dollars to make these movies next. Right. So I'm just kind of I have them, and I'm just going to do this one first and make another low budget and hopefully you know stepping stone so to speak. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so are you you just uh, you know you explained how you got. Um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Harris, but uh, also, um, how did you get Daniel Clark and like John Brecker from the uh, Degrassi movies or um, Degrassi shows? Well, John Bregar actually came out to our auditions, which was really cool. Um, Daniel Clark, we liked his look. He didn't actually show up to the audition. We just liked his look and his character. Actually, uh, we cast him about a week before the shooting because he wasn't. Um, we hadn't had that character. We weren't sure who we were going to do it. And through the audition tapes, we didn't have anybody in line. So myself and the executive producer agreed that we both liked this look for, for that character in particular. And so we hired him. Hmm. And Sean Roberts, who I don't know if you guys know, he's in George Romero. He's deleted George Romero's new film, huh? Oh, wow. The Diary of yeah. the Dead? Diary of the Dead, yeah. He's the lead in that. And it's, it's funny because he'd been in Land of the Dead and actually in Left for Dead, the scene before he... he uh, I shouldn't. Uh, I can't give that away. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's yeah. okay. No spoilers. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you got to see it. I can't do that. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. Our, was he? The, he was the dude that got the. Uh, that like Leguizamo shot him with the arrow right, right before White Rain got bit. That on. That That's right. That's right. And he was also the guy that uh, Rogue 
made out with in her bed and sucked the life out of him before she went and joined everybody in the X-Men. He was that kid, too. Oh, my God, he was? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was the kid that she sucked the life out of, and the parents freaked out in X-Men. Oh, my God, I have to see that movie again. (laughs) Yeah, that's Sean Roberts there. And then Boyd Banks is in it, too, and Boyd Banks is the butcher in in, uh, Land of the Dead. He also has an action figure. He plays... uh, Actually, Naomi, who's here with us tonight, he plays the killer in that scene. He plays uh, Michael Limburner, and he's... The, the whole story of Left 4 Dead is there's sort of two killers on the loose. The one comes back after they have this accident, but the entire time, there's this guy, Michael Limburner, who's actually killing people and feeding it to the pigs who's on the run. So people are constantly saying, like, well, are, are one of us, are the frat guys, are one of us doing this, or is it this Michael Limburner character? And that's Boyd Banks. So that's pretty cool, too, as far as horror is concerned. That's yeah, really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to um, pass it around and uh, talk to some other yeah, people sure. for a little bit? Like, talk, you guys want to talk effects next, or do you want to talk to the actress? Uh, effects or actors, either one, like whichever one. Okay, well, I'll pass you on to Naomi next, then. Okay. Okay, fellas, take care. Hey, heavy. Take it easy. Hello. Uh, hi, hello. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Pretty good. Um, so, we're talking to Naomi, who... Um, you played Kara in the movie, right? I did. And... Um, you know, have you had, like, acting experience prior to being in this movie? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I studied it in college. I studied in L.A. as well at the TVI Actors Studio there. Uh, that was pretty amazing. Uh, I've done a few Canadian TV shows, uh, a couple music videos. Yeah, Left 4 Dead, though, was, uh, I'd say, the best so far. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you're not what? just saying that because you're doing this interview, right? Oh, not at all, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> just just making sure. No, no. It was the best experience I had, I I, I think. Um, how was it working with every actor, like all the actors that you got the chance to work with? Oh, my goodness. Boyd Banks, he is as freaky in person as he is on set. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And were you also a person who kind of grew up in the horror genre? Like, did you watch a lot of oh. horror movies? Oh, I did. Oh, I just love uh, the Freddy movies. My goodness. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It was actually a dream of mine to do uh, horror. Yeah. Uh, was it a dream? Like, well, I, I guess I can't really ask this. I was going to ask if uh, it was a dream of yours to get killed in a uh, horror movie, but then that will kind of give <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler away if you. Mm, yeah, exactly. You don't. You don't want to say that yet until uh, we see the movie. Exactly. Yes, you'll find out. You'll find out. Yes. Um, are you excited about it coming out soon? Oh, I'm so excited. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, do you have any questions? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how, do you, how do you die in the movie? Is it, like, super brutal? In in the text, <laughs> it is super brutal. Cool. However, uh, you do not see everything. Oh, you don't, you don't see, you don't see, like, uh... Like you kind of like you kind of hear it, but you don't see it. Like it's off camera or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, I'll just say that you know, you'll know. I think so. Cool. Okay. Cool. All um, right, that's that's cool. I didn't really want to do too yeah. much of that. Just oh, like, also, what uh, what other uh, Canadian TV shows did you do? Um, I did Final Twenty Four. It's uh, the specific episode was a John Belushi episode. Now that cool. uh, was released worldwide. Nice. On. Um, hmm? You just said nice. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I did a, an episode of Psychic Investigators. Uh, what else have I done? There's a show called On the Run. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's Canadian as well. 
Uh-huh. I didn't know in Psychic Investigators was Canadian at all. So I think um, we got that here, so. Yeah, Like in the no. States, so. No, no, no. I, I believe it's worldwide distribution. It's just worldwide, right. but... Um, it, but it was just filmed in Canada? Filmed in Canada, yeah. yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. I, You know, you never really know uh, which shows are filmed in... Uh, you know, Canada, and which ones are the, uh, you know, like, I, I didn't know for a while that Are You Afraid of the Dark was filmed in Canada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's yeah. one of your big, you know, that's one of the big shows, like, back in, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have yeah, to I have to buy buy the DVDs from you guys, like, from Amazon.ca, <laughs> because stupid uh, America won't even uh, put it out. Yeah, what about yeah. Goosebumps? Uh, you know, I, I think I got a, I thought I got a little too old for Goosebumps. You know, when yeah. they actually started making the TV show or whatever. Yeah, I think I've you read know. every book from that series, yeah. Yeah, I used to read the books all the time, but <laughs> like by the time that I got the, uh, got you know, by the time the show came out, I was a little bit too past that, you know, stage in life. So, I don't know, I never really watched the shows, but if they made a Fear Street, you know, uh, uh, show, oh I'd God. probably definitely watch that. Oh, definitely, yeah, I'd love to do something like that. yeah. So those, those are pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what's, your, what's your favorite, like, uh, like genre? I would have to say, I like thriller, thriller, suspense kind of stuff. I'm not that good with gore, but... Okay, and you, don't like, you wouldn't want to, like, do regular comedy or anything like that? Or? Oh, yeah, I'd totally do that. <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of Tim Allen. Oh. Seth Rogen's a big fan of mine now. Well, Seth Rogen? Yeah, he's yeah, Canadian, too. Yep, yep, absolutely. He's uh, Canadian and Jewish. <laughs> which is kind of pretty cool. If there's such a thing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, do, you, uh, do you have any, like, interesting stories about uh, being on the set that don't say too much about the movie? Like, don't, like, oh. you know, give too many plot points away or anything like that? Um, funny story. No, uh, it's kind of weird how the universe kind of works with you and the film. I mean, in the middle of shooting, the thunder was going off, and it, it really added to the film and kind of freaked us all out at the same time. So, <laughs> Yet the rain did hold off, and it was a good long day of shooting. The weather was great. And huh. Funny but, stories? No. So it kind of, kind of freaked you out because there was, like, uh, maybe there was a lightning when it wasn't supposed to lightning in the movie here. Well, yeah, exactly, but, I mean, it just kind of all went uh, went well with it and <laughs> freaked us out, but it was good. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to be kind of freaked out on a horror set, I guess, because <laughs> that's the, that's the move for the, you know, for the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. it inspired the rest of us, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like to work with uh, Danielle Harris? Danielle Harris I didn't really get to work with, um, unfortunately. Um, most of my scenes were with Boyd Banks and um, the other actor who plays the boyfriend. Um, unfortunately, yeah, no good stories with Danielle, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, I the guess other guys the... have something, though. What was that? Oh, the other guys will have something, the special effects, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I, was trying to, I was trying to think, like, who did you get that you said Boyd, uh, Boyd Banks was about the... Only person that you got to uh, work with? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, uh, you said he was kind of creepier in person, or? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he just has this great look. He's he's a great actor on top of that, and, I mean, he gets booked for the best kind of roles out there. Um, with the role that he was playing in Left for Dead, he fit it like a glove. It was amazing, and he pulled it off just spectacular. It was so great. He's so freaky. <laughs> That's all I can say. I didn't know. Uh, there wasn't too much acting involved, that's for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were just freaked out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, if you want to, like, if you want to come back and, like, if you remember something that you want to talk about or anything like that, just let, let one of them know and, you know, we'll have you come back on here and talk. Oh, I will for sure. Now, who did you want to speak with? Okay. I guess we go right with the FX guys. Ryan Luaji with Special Effects. Sure, one sec. Yep. I'm ready. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's, what's going on? Not too much, man. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I've met a lot of special effects guys, you know, you know doing my uh, show and whatnot. Um, you, are you a makeup effects guy, or are you just... Oh, yeah, I'm a totally makeup effects, blood and gore, horror, uh, monster making. I do fashion as well. So yeah. did you, like, uh, did you, like, start when you were, like, a little kid making stuff, and... Um, you know, I've grown up in movies. I've been a huge movie fan, like Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice and that type of stuff. This oh, wow. My, my era in time. And, yeah, I've just been right into horror. Like, Poltergeist was one of my favorite horror films growing up. So, definitely wow. just a big horror fan. So, and so, yeah, so you kind of, did you start doing stuff when you were kids, like making little videos and showcasing your... You know what? Funny you say that. We did, actually. I mean, my old roommate used to make, like, little stop anime stuff. We do little skits for his parents and stuff. Oh, really cool. Um, so how did um, so how did you come across doing this movie? Um, well, I've actually known Chris for probably about seven years now. I worked with him on his uh, second film, My Girls, and uh, we've been friends ever since. And then any projects he's ever actually had, he's brought me along with him. So I've been very fortunate in that sense. Oh. Cool. And is this one of your first movies that you've done, or? Um, it's definitely not my first movie. I've done many movies, so probably a lot of them aren't known because most of them are independent. And, um, and we helped build a monster for one called Bottom Feeder recently. And I've been on a few TV series. There's one called Nanoland and Mr. Meaty that I helped uh, build, like, all the sets and props and puppets for. And, and uh, another one called uh, uh, Nanoland and Monster Warriors. And, I don't know, I've done a few things. Like, I've been very fortunate. I just work really hard to get some more this, and I refuse to give up because it can be very discouraging at times. Yeah. It's a yeah. life fan artist, right? Yeah. Um, uh, did you go to school for this, or did you just... Yes, kinda... I, went to a, I went to a makeup school uh, in 2000. Yeah, because one, um, one of my friends, Ricky Lee Leonard, ended up doing, um, uh, what is it, the... Uh, he <clears throat> he worked on the, uh, at the, you know, Tom Savini School of uh, Makeup, Okay. And in fact, I don't know if you've ever heard of that or. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but um, yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, are there a lot of uh, special makeup effects schools that? There's um there's a few here in Toronto actually. I attended one here in Toronto. So. Oh, actually, we have a we have a caller. Oh, Hold on one second. Uh, eight six four. You should be on. Hello. 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 I had a question for the Canadian filmmakers. Oh. Okay. Are you guys going to make a movie about Pinhead? About what? Pinhead. Uh, the Hellraiser? Yeah, are y'all going to do something like that? Are we going to, are, are they going to do something like that? Um, yeah. 
I guess the best person to answer that question would be uh, the director. Uh, do you want to get him on real quick? To... Yeah, I can bring him back on. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your time, man. Oh, no, no. We'll, we'll have you back on uh, oh, in a second, okay. Ryan. But we'll just... Okay. Hey, you want to turn down your uh, show or turn down the show, so... That's no, not me. I'm outside. Okay. Uh, hey, um, uh, Chris Harrison. This is Chris right now. Yeah. Uh, hey, um, he's uh, we've got a caller that has a question. Okay, go ahead. Are y'all gonna make a movie about Pinhead? About Pinhead? Actually, no. That's that's Clive Barker's movie. You're not. So we can't we can't go and make a movie about a movie that's already been made. So no, probably not ever. What about a one about Freddy Krueger? Freddy Krueger. Okay. He could play hockey and have a glove on. <laughs> that would be. That you know would what? Be That's mask. actually not a bad idea. And a hockey mask, and it'd be like Jason and Freddy. Right. I smell a Freddy versus Jason sequel. And hockey. You know what? I think he's right. We do. We we definitely have something here. Yeah. I think I'm awesome. onto something. I like Pinhead. He's got them sticks sticking out of his head. Yeah. No, Clive Barker's works absolutely. I'm a huge fan of Clive Barker. Actually, he's a giant influence in my life and career. He. uh yeah, I love his books, his artwork, everything, but I personally can't see myself doing anything Hellraiser in the future. Definitely not. You know, if if you can't steal Pinhead, you could uh, blow a bunch of dildos to his head and make a movie about Dickhead. Dickhead? Or you could it's, just hire Jonathan yeah. Moody. That's actually a good idea, too. Uh, but you know what? I'm kind of torn between that, that uh, Jason and Freddy sequel or doing Dildo Head. I'm okay. not sure. Well, good Both luck. Both very good ideas, and if you don't copyright them first, I probably will. Okay, because I'd like to see something good come in you know, a movie come out of Canada that was good, because I've never seen a horror movie out of Canada. Well, it's not really what you think. We, did, we, we made the movie in Canada, and we're Canadians, but this movie actually takes place in the U.S., so it's not like you're seeing Canadian flags flying around or anything Boo! like that. I wanted to see Canada. <laughs> I know. You want to see Canadian killings, eh? Yes. Hey, yeah, I, I, I like apologize. That. Maybe the next one. Okay. Well, I'm just calling because I'm a Jonathan Moody fan for life. All right. Thank you so okay. much for calling in. Okay. Bye. Bye. Peace out. Take care. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> it was really cool to hear that guy. That was you know? awesome. That was awesome. Yes. Um, I think that was our first official prank for a while. Yeah, like, I, I, the I night. think so. Oh, that was, that was a prank? What yeah, that was a prank. I believe that was a friend of mine, so. Oh, was it? Yeah, so he was just calling in to kind of mess around. But, you know, but he did have a good question, you know, uh, if you're ever going to do a Hellraiser movie. Yeah, when when are you guys going to do some pinhead movies? (laughs) I know, I didn't want to tell him, but yeah, we're actually working on the new Hellraiser right now. (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, know, oh, we didn't want to tell him, but uh, we'll we'll tell him later. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, um... All right, so sorry, you know, I just want to bring That's you cool. back so you could uh, answer that question and uh, okay, uh, and, and treat it like it was a real question because I was pretty sure, it was, you know, I didn't want to hang up on them because you know, that's just not cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess um, uh, I guess if you want to bring uh, one of the, one of the guys back and uh, you know who I'd like you to talk to, uh, Carlos, who's one of my greatest friends too. 
and the other effects guy on the film, okay. he, uh, he's actually the one responsible for the mask that you guys see in the poster and other things like that. So oh, nice. why don't I throw him on, because he's a major horror influence. We're both total losers when it comes to horror films and spend <laughs> our life just researching and watching them. But his knowledge is unparalleled. So why don't I throw him on and you guys talk to him for a bit? Okay, That's sure. Cool. Okay, here, let me get him on for you. Take care, guys. All right. Take care. All right, uh, Carlos. Okay. Um, I'm so laughing about that pinhead thing. I, I like, I like how he said dickhead. That was, that was, that was, hey, that was how's it going? What's happening? What's, what's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Um, so I guess you are, uh, you know, the guy responsible for the mask, as they said. Yes, it's me and Brian Lawajo. Cool, cool. We're both the effects guys on the film. Yep. So, um, how how did you know? Uh, how did that mask come about? Like, you know, how did how, what influenced you into making that like creepy mask? Well, first off, we had a couple concept masks that we made up for uh, for Chris in particular, and um, he kind of wanted something in the vein of Michael Myers, um, but not exactly like Michael Myers. So we kind of changed it up a little bit and uh, put a little bit of influences in there, something from, uh, like, the hair we kind of took from House of a Thousand Corpses, the Bill Mosley character. Mm-hmm. And, um, a couple of other things. Like, we had a couple ideas. Like, I initially wanted to do something like a, like a shaved veal head with all this creepy hair everywhere and uh, kind of like a, a butcher-style shaved veal head, something really disgusting. Yeah. Um, but Chris wasn't in the mood for that. Uh, Ryan wanted to do something where... Have. He wanted a really, like, a cracked-up killer face, something really 80s, vintage. Um, yeah. That does appear in the film. Um, it isn't the killer's mask. It's one of the five friends. They all have different masks, and that ended up being one of them. Um, we also got another concept mask where it was uh, a completely black face with uh, silver eyes, very bright, and uh, Chris didn't have that also. So we always ended up going back to the initial kind of bluish mask, uh, with the long hair, and, and that's how it ended up being in the film. Pretty creepy. It's pretty creepy. It turned out really good. Nice. Yeah, it looks it looks really creepy. <laughs> I'm looking at yeah, the really, mask right yeah, now. Yeah, it's really yeah, I, I am too. Yeah, it's really it's really creepy. Like it's really kind of shady and ominous. Oh, thank you, thank you. And uh, actually, actually, I didn't even think of like the Michael Myers thing until you mentioned it. Like I, yeah, I we, can we kind of see it, but it's not like like you can tell it's like sort of influenced, but not. It's not in your face. You know. Yeah, no, exactly. no, we we try to stay away from from copyright and do something truly original. Like yeah, there's exactly. an '80s homage, and we wanted to keep that there, but we did try to do something really original with it. So, uh, like yeah. I know we were going to shoot a lot of yeah, things, cool. like with the killer in the dark and coming out of the dark. So, we wanted to yeah. keep it kind of like a bright color. So that does happen mm-hmm. a lot in the film. We see the killer coming out, and and then all of a sudden, yeah. a blue creepy mask come out. And I, I think nice. did, I think Chris did a great job photographing that. Yeah, that, that really looks good. great. Thank you. That was great. Um, so, you know, uh, I know now without giving anything away, but how were the death scenes? Were they a lot of fun to do? Or? Oh, yeah, they're they're amazing. Um, we got to kill off Daniel Harris. Um, I won't tell you how, and I won't tell you what in the movie, but, yeah, we got to kill it off. That was pretty amazing. Aw. Huge Halloween 4 but, uh, See, that's the thing. I mean, she's the survivor of uh, Halloween 4 or 5. You can't... Yeah, you, <laughs> killed, you killed off the star. <laughs> no, it, it maybe uh, maybe it's a dream sequence. Who knows? 
Yeah, I'm not going to give anything away, but... Yeah. What's, inter- <laughs> what's interesting, actually, in Halloween, i got to spoil it, if that's okay. I don't know if you guys have seen it. But uh, what's the interesting is that... She, yeah, the new Halloween. What's interesting is, like, she doesn't die. Oh, really? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you didn't? Oh, shit. I just spoiled it. Sorry. <laughs> okay, you ruined it for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not... I mean, I guess that that, that would kind of suck because isn't she supposed to play the same part that PJ Souls played? And that was the uh, same part that um, what's her the other the other chick played? Yeah, it was uh, Nancy Loomis. Nancy Loomis, that's right. Thank you. Oh, uh, actually, I thought I thought like that that scene the way it plays out is really I thought like it was really yeah really probably one of the darkest scenes in the movie like really really well done. Pretty cool. I, I won't I won't spoil it anymore. <laughs> uh, now, that, now that I've now that I've ruined the movie for you know everybody here. Um, so you haven't seen Halloween though? I thought you guys would have uh, seen it by now. Or has it not come out in Canada? Or um, Ryan has seen it. It has come out in Canada. Um, so has Chris. Um, to mixed reviews. Ryan really liked it. Um, Chris didn't so much. Um, I'm kind of just waiting. Um, I I, yeah. don't, I, I don't want to watch it yet. I'm waiting until DVD comes out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of the stay home watcher on DVD kind of guy. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got a widescreen TV at home, so and with Dolby's around sound, so I don't really like to go to theaters too much anymore. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. but um, I I go I usually go to the theaters when I want to be aggravated by people. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I was like you know nobody nobody's pissed me off lately, and you know I saw you know I figure out go and just you know just let people just be obnoxious and stupid and annoying. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, the um, Spider-Man Three is like I nearly, I nearly punched out some dude. I mean, not not literally, because you know, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, actually, Chris anyway, was arrested for assault. That was it. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, I guess um, a lot of the uh, so we're gonna talk about um, how, how did you guys do the effects like, um, like. Uh, I guess uh, like uh, what, what, like how many uh, you, there was about they said about thirteen deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's quite a few of them. Um, we try to keep it um, like we try to keep it practical. There is uh, a CG shot in there, um, but we did try to keep it practical. Um, okay, I'm not gonna explain. Like I won't tell you who the deaths are. But because yeah, I mean that won't be fun. Yeah, there, there's a couple deaths though that people will know if they're huge horror fans. We try to keep it very, um, like when people see it, they'll go, oh yeah, I remember that, I remember that. Like there's a there's a scene that looks straight out of um, Friday the 13th Part 2. Um, there's another one straight from kind of like Halloween, the way it was shot. Um, like, like, keep in mind, like, like, it's not the actual, like, people will get the deaths. They'll be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like, like we're not. I re- you know, that. I remember that. Yeah, right. people will be like, oh yeah, that's like, you know, keep it in, keep it in mind, because it is a complete homage to the 80s. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple things too. Like we did have something like in Maniac, where uh, Ryan, he's the the other special effects guy working on a film. Um, he actually has a death quite like Tom Savini in Maniac, where we actually did um, build his head, and we we shot it just like Hollow or sorry, just like Maniac. So we did try to keep that homage very. Um, we try to keep that on the film, so people when they see that they'll be like, oh, Maniac, hey, cool. But it is uh, it obviously a, it's it's kind of felt similar, but it's it's also very different when you see the film. 
Yeah. Things like that. Like, so you can, like, you can kind of tell, like, yeah. who the influence is, but it's not, like, you know, direct lift or anything like that. Yeah, no. no. Yeah, definitely. But people will get cool. The people that do watch all those 80s films will be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really big into, like, you know, the Jason movies, so, yeah. Yeah, I definitely oh, want to check it out. Man. Check it out. Cool. Definitely. Beauty. Oh. Beauty. And, um... So I guess you know um, what. What are your influences when you were growing up? Oh, I'm complete '80s man. Like this movie was totally made for uh, for me personally. Um, I'm a huge uh, '80s and '70s, especially the Italian, like Lucio Fulci and Dario Argento, and you know, all those cannibal films, like Umberto Lenzi films, and and uh, I love all the Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street and Creep Show. Probably was the biggest influence, like actually in my whole life, actually. Yeah, Creep Show's awesome. Creep Show. Yeah, man, it was unreal. Yeah, good so, stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm an 80s kid, man. <laughs> For sure. Cool. cool. Yeah. So. Sweet. And uh, so what was it like to work with, uh, like, Danielle Harris and, uh, um, you know, and, and the guys from the Degrassi and whatnot? Um, Daniel Harris was a dream, man. It was, it was incredible. Like, uh, like, me and Chris have been friends for a really, really long time. And uh, we used to watch Halloween 4 at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> just watching the movie over and yeah. over again. And, uh, yeah, just thinking about who we could get in the movie. And Daniel Harris, we were just thinking, hey, Daniel Harris, let's try her out. And uh, nice. it was unbelievable. We actually got her. And just doing the movie, it was like, oh, my God, that's, that's Jamie Lloyd. That's uh, Michael Myers' yeah. niece. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, dude, it was incredible, man. It was incredible, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and she must have been a lot of fun to work with, like, you know, like, she, uh, like, uh, he was saying earlier that she was pretty cool and really laid back and... Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, she know. actually, uh, like, yeah, I was a huge fan. Ended up bringing in my Halloween 4 and Halloween 5 to get signed by her and everything, like, uh, you know, hey, can you sign my Halloween 4? <laughs> nice. So, yeah. And was she cool about that? Was she like, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, she's, oh, yeah. So that's... Oh, she was, she was so cool with it. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm not shocked because uh, from what I've heard on com- in conventions and whatnot, she's one of the nicest, sweetest people to talk to. She just loves her fans. Yep. Yeah, you know, great. which are pretty much what makes her, you know, who she is. You know, like she's kind of grew up with her fans. So. Oh, she's not going anywhere, man. Yeah, and now, well, actually, now she's uh, really, really popular. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we got her at a perfect time, so hopefully that does really well for the movie also. So it might not do anything for Left 4 Dead 2, though. No, no. <laughs> well, maybe she survives. I don't know. We don't know that. <laughs> well, anybody can make somebody survive, you know? Like, like you know, if you look at the end of uh, Halloween H2O, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you think, he, you think Michael Myers is dead or whatever, and then yeah. they bring him back in Resurrection... Yeah. And he like maybe really died. Like maybe, yeah, like maybe it's actually like uh you know, like a paramedic with a Daniel Harris mask on. Yeah. <laughs> like it's her head chopped Yeah, off. that was that was actually pretty crazy how they pulled that off actually in Halloween Resurrection. I I didn't know how they were gonna yeah. pull that off. That well like, that was, it, it, I don't think it would have really mattered. You know? I mean, you know, like because all these movies you know, Jason keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess Michael Myers is supposed to be the most realistic of them all, like the one who just yeah. keeps surviving. But is really actually human. Yeah. yeah. But you could always somehow like, you know, resurrect him. You know. 
no head. Yeah, no head. <laughs> he, he's the headless Michael Myers. Just like just the mask kind of flopping around. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. That would be. I'd, I'd I think that'd be better than Resurrection was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Resurrection was almost a joke. Oh man, Busta yeah. Rhymes sucked. Yeah. It wasn't just it wasn't just Busta who ruined the movie. It was just. You know, it was it was the movie itself. It was the writing. Yeah. It was. I thought I thought the concept was kind of interesting, but you know, just not for a Michael Myers movie. Yeah. Freddy would have been better. Yeah, I think I would, that could have, that could have been cool. Yeah, if they had done a, a Freddy Resurrection or something. Yeah. yeah. I would rather have seen that, but uh, yeah. fortunately, you know, and they, they had, that concept would have been cool because people could have been falling asleep in the uh, real world and all of a sudden dying, and people are seeing them like. In those uh, video, you know, surveillance stuff or whatever, that would yeah. have been pretty cool. But I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. But uh, so, uh, Halloween was one of your favorite, you know, films of all time, like oh, yeah, of all the sure. horror genres. Oh, for sure, man. Halloween's right up there. Halloween, and uh, I'm a huge Cannibal fan, and Creepshow, obviously, Evil Dead Two, um, um, pretty much like Reanimator, um, pretty much all those early '80s, '70s films. Zombie, especially to Lucio Fulci, man, your god. Yeah, I actually just watched that recently. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, man. <laughs> the shark attack is insane. Did yeah. you ever see uh, the movie Intruder? Yeah, it's great. It's um, I might be having the director on that, uh, you know, of that on the show sometime soon. Oh, that'd be great. Scott man. Spiegel, mm. who co-wrote Evil Dead Two as well. So he's doing pretty well, man. He's producing all those uh, hostile films now. And yeah, he's he's been producing those, and he's um he's actually doing a movie right now called like Spring or Summer Break '83 or something like that. Is it a horror film or? I oh, know it's gonna be a um it's gonna be a uh, uh like uh, comedy. I, I think it's gonna be like a uh, teen comedy or whatever. Hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure it's set during summer break, you know, or whatever. So I don't know, but he's he's doing that right now. So uh, after that, you know, we'll see. About to come on on the show, so. Oh, it'd be great if he comes back to horror, man. Intruder yeah. Part Two or something. He he was great because he also directed uh, From Dust Till Dawn too. Yeah. Uh, you know. Not bad. It was alright. It was it was alright. I mean, it, was, it wasn't From Dust Till Dawn, but you know. I mean, for the sequel, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. yeah but, uh, you know, I didn't see the one that was set in the Wild West. <laughs> Yeah. No, I remember part two had uh, Bruce Campbell in there for a cameo. That was kind of cool. Yep, and he also had a cameo in Intruder too as a police officer oh, at really? the end of it. So, cool. um, you know, it'd be really cool to talk to him. He's he's you know he's had quite a career. So, and he's got apparently lots of stories about you know all those crazy people. You know, Quentin Tarantino and all those uh, you know. I want to see Quentin Tarantino do like a a real like a slasher movie. You know. Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't really um yeah done anything horror. Well, he did um from Dust Till he wrote from Dust Till Dawn, but you know um I I'd love to see him do like a straight out now you know horror movie. No. Yeah, those are those are rumored. He was actually at one point he was he was rumored to be attached to a Halloween sequel. No, I think it was um actually Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, that was actually that was actually recent. But I think originally, like years ago, he was yeah, supposedly was, uh, attached. He was going to do like Michael Myers in space or something. Yeah, crazy. Was, I remember reading about that. That was in Fango. It was like Halloween Six. 
Yeah. He had like uh, like he wrote a script for Halloween Six and they didn't like it or something. No, it was yeah. before they did Halloween Six Six Six. Before before they actually did the they did the actual Halloween Six. Yeah, but they didn't like it. Well, he was nobody back then anyway, so they're just like, ah, you know, yeah. you're a chump, you know, get on my face. Yeah. So, hmm. I don't know, it might have been good, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, he, uh, well, Michael been? Myers in space probably wouldn't have been a great, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, Jason and Jason in space wasn't that great, even though you guys got to work with somebody from Jason X. Oh, uh, wasn't, uh, I think Boy Banks was in that, wasn't he? Oh, was he? Oh, I don't yeah, know. he was, oh. yeah, he was, uh, yeah, the dude that drove the ship. Oh, I don't didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't you didn't even know that? No, I didn't know that. I know he um kind of in Left for Dead we got him as a butcher, which was kinda of cool. That was a, yeah. kind of a homage to Land of the Dead there. Which was kinda of cool. Cause he plays a butcher there. The butcher zombie, one of the lead zombies from that. So it was kinda of homage to that also, George Romero. Nice. So you're yeah, so I guess you're a fan of um George Romero and the uh the, the night you know, the the night and dawn and day. Yeah, George Romero is the man. Incredible. Especially Creepshow. Like, Creepshow is like, like, there's nothing like Creepshow. Creepshow is like a game movie. Yeah, Creepshow is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, how was it, you know, were, uh, were you ever like, you know, a Degrassi fan or? Um, well, I watched Degrassi in the 80s. Like the Degrassi Junior High? Yeah, yeah the original. Yeah. And I actually watched it a lot, actually. I really liked that. I don't know, for some strange reason, I really like that show. I yeah, me too. Really yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually, I'm a pretty big, I'm a pretty big Degrassi fan. Yeah, some pretty, uh, yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah, it was, it was amazing, though. Like, the, the kids seemed so real back then. Yeah, was was yeah exactly. Yeah, they seemed yeah. real. Yeah, it's really, yeah, really, uh, yeah, really well done show, you know. It's like, that's, what, that's what's great, like, when you watch, yeah, especially, like, you know, like, the next generation, especially, like, I mean, all the way back to, like, the very first, you know, junior high, going all the way up to, like, the current show. You know, it's like you're watching, like, you know, people's lives. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't really even feel like you're watching the show. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I don't know how they did that. Like, it just seems so real. Yeah. Yeah, it was really solid. Like, it's, like, it's, like, it's not really, like, yeah. it has, like, you know, stuff, you know, like life events and, you know, serious stuff happens, but it's not, like, preachy and or anything like that, you know. It's, really it's not like the American shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where they try to like, yeah, you know, uh, like like Dawson's Creek or something. It's so much, yeah, more real. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not that pretentious, you know. I mean, it's just really, you know, really well done and just you know straightforward. And, you know the act. You know the actors and dialogue are really good. And, yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, you know, uh, do you know, do you know a uh, there's a Canadian, an independent Canadian filmmaker named uh, Brett Kelly. Do you know him? Brett Kelly? No, I do not know. Brett him. Kelly. He um he did like a a bunch of um independent movies called like The Bone Setter, Barrel Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of anything like that. No. But no, no. he's definitely he's definitely somebody to look out for because pretty soon he's going to be doing like some crazy movies like. He's got one movie that's a remake of the, uh, what is it, uh, he's doing a remake of the, uh, was it Attack of the Giant Leeches, I think, or something? Oh, nice. Have a turtle. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's definitely, like, somebody you might, uh, one day be doing effects for. <laughs> you never know. Are you guys, are you guys still looking for people to do effects with? Um, well, actually, Chris is right in front of me here. Would you like to talk to Chris? 
Um, sure. Hello. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, Hello. Yeah, I guess they're. Uh, they, I guess he's done. <laughs> you know, he was done talking. So. But um, so uh, you know, so what's going on with this movie? Like, are are you are you excited about it coming out soon? Actually, I'm very excited about it coming out. Um, I think it's gonna. Uh, I think people are gonna really like it. I think th- those who, depending on how it's marketed, and I'm sure it'll be marketed properly. Uh, as long as people know and understand that it's an 80 homage, because you know how horror films are today, we're actually, with movies like 1408, we're really getting into sort of that suspense, thriller sort of idea and getting out of the so-called gore porn, but we really, really made an homage to the 80s horror, so the, fan, the, the fans of Fangoria Magazine and horror fans of the world should really buy into it if they understand what we're doing. As long as that's marketed properly, I think the film yeah. is going to be pretty successful. Is a trailer coming out soon, or...? Actually, the trailer premiered at the last uh, Fangoria Weekend of Horrors in New York City. So the trailer's already pretty much been done, but it, it, it's been premiered. Yeah, we haven't we haven't released it on the internet because it is, again, it's a, dis- a distribution thing. We can't release any of that stuff until they give us the go ahead. But we did give Fangoria the trailer to release at the New York uh, Fangoria Weekend of Horrors, which is pretty cool. So that's where it premiered. Oh wow! Yeah, it was wild. Those uh, guys have been great. Fangoria Magazine, i got to give shout-outs definitely to uh, Tony Timpone and Michael Gingold. They have been amazing for us in our film. Michael Michael himself has been, like, oh, writing yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah, he's been, he's been unbelievable. And then I had the pleasure of meeting both of them, actually. We finished the sound. Marino Nobre, who also did the score and the soundtrack to The Angel, directed by Paul Huff, Jr., mm-hmm. And he won a composition award. I, I did the uh, the score in New York City and actually had the honor of going down there and meeting them at Fangoria. So they, they're very cool, very behind the film, and have really done some good things for us. There's actually uh, there's a nice little article actually about it, a little plug in the new uh, the October issue of Fangoria. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. cool. Three-page spreads on Danielle, and they're talking about the film with some photos, etc. Wow. Yeah, so it's cool. really cool. You know, um, uh, when when's that coming out? Like, when's that hit the newsstands? It's on, it's on newsstands now. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah, you can get that now. It's the the cover has uh, thirty days of night is on the cover, and there's a uh, three pages on uh, Danielle Harris and her and the Halloween and stuff, and they also have photos and her talking about Left for Dead. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so it's really cool. And that was after uh, that was after the Halloween stuff too. So after the Halloween, stuff, and she's yeah. still talking about your movie. You know that's great. <laughs> it <laughs> must make you guys really, you know, really happy. Oh, I I'm ecstatic about it. Did you guys know it was plugged on Doctor Phil as well? Doctor Phil? Did you guys see Danielle and Doctor Phil? No. Oh yeah. Actually, I think I think I, I think I read about it. I don't know what the yeah what exactly yeah what YouTube it. There was an episode because she was uh, she had an instance where she had a stalker and. She's oh, on. Yeah. Uh, she's on there talking about because there was this girl who's interested in uh, what's Beyonce's husband's name, Jay Z. Yeah. And this girl was sort of talking about her love for Jay Z and going on, and basically she came in and saying about being a being an actress stalked in Hollywood. She came on, and then Doctor Phil at the end of it said, "You can see uh, Danielle coming in the upcoming Halloween and and the, the horror film Left for Dead," <laughs> which was <laughs> pretty exciting because I didn't know that was going to happen. A, that's a hell of a plug. Yeah, it was huge, so that was great. 
So yeah. people were going over IMDb probably going, what's this Left for Dead? Everyone's doing it, I know. And it took a little while, but I mean, what can you say, right? It's an independent film, so they often take a little while to come out. And there has been, I mean, making the film, it took almost a year to make the film because there was a time when we came obviously into financing issues. The Adam Duran, the executive producer, he funded entirely himself. And once we got through the, uh, the initial production, which it was shot in 19 days, I don't know if you guys knew that, shot the whole film in 19 days, but then uh, our German distributors needed actually another 10 minutes in the film. So, I so was you had to go, re, uh, go uh, reshoots? I did. I wrote. Uh, I rewrote two scenes, one including a, a shower killing scene, <laughs> and another homage to Psycho. Nice. And it's pretty brutal. Nice. Yeah, it's a really violent scene, really good. It worked out really well. You guys will see a couple of homages to a couple other movies in that scene, but it worked out nice. And uh, everyone well, out didn't like um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Four even have a um, like a shower killing scene too? Did it? Oh, a little bit of one. Yeah, that's true. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a uh, drop in the yeah, it yeah, the the was like yeah, it was the dude that gets killed. In yeah, the yeah, that's the right. He got his head smashed into the uh, into the bricks. That's right. And yeah, he was hanging over, and his girlfriend came in and saw him. That's true. So there's yeah, a lot of had that. We had something like that. One of the shower scenes, I did have an homage to that, but budgetary uh, constraints restricted me from killing the two people in the bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I couldn't pull off the shower scene. The shower we had, it was a, it came into a situation where I had to cut a couple walls out, and never, the producers and everyone were like, okay, forget about it. You're not cutting walls out of this place. So. Right, you you got to tell me this, because I know there's a lot of homages, you said, to a lot of the death, death scenes. You know, um, I think the, we guys have been talking about how there's a lot of death scenes that, you know, you'll go, oh, my God, that's just like. But um, that's right. my favorite, one of my favorite, there's two favorite death scenes from, like, the Friday the 13th movies. But Friday the 13th Part 2, uh, I was just re-watching this the other day, and I, I really, really love the scene with the um, the two people, you know, they're having sex, they're on top of each other, and then all of a sudden they, you know, they, uh, with the big, um, I guess it's the spike or whatever that uh, Jason has that goes yeah. right through both of them. The spear. The spear. The spear. And they go, you know what? You're going to find something very familiar to that in my movie. <laughs> that is great. Now yeah. now I'm really looking forward to that. We we, we use the fire poker. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we, yeah, that's how we did ours. But it, it was very similar to that, and it worked out really nice. And the other one I like that I don't think you guys will do, because this is just this is just too much like, you know, the, you know you, you, uh, everybody would obviously see what you guys are homaging. But yeah. it's uh, it was from uh, part eight, which is actually my so far my favorite Jason. Get out of here, really? Well, you don't like Jason eight, like. Uh, well, since eight. we're on the public radio, I can't say anything about anything. But I would say <laughs> it's not my favorite one. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's it's my. But it, no, it is cool. I know where you're coming from. The death scenes in it are miraculous. So. Are fun. They're mm-hmm. fun. You know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the the beginning of the movie, the the first death scene with the uh, the the guy getting his testicles removed, you know, with the um, with the spear, right? You know that I think is very, you know, that that was that was crazy, and they actually showed it. It was the grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, they don't yeah. show it on like TV, but <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, you have to actually buy the movie before you go. Oh crap! Yeah. Actually, I noticed that the other day. I was watching Friday the 13th the other day, and I noticed a bunch of different scenes that I hadn't seen in the DVD. Do you guys know about that? Um, yeah, I know, I know they did. Uh, yeah, those, I know there was, like, different stuff, like, between TV and, I think, the DVD. Yeah, like, when he cut that guy in half, like, the girl actually, on the DVD, the girl actually looks up, and for the first time I never noticed, you actually see the fuck, the two pieces of the body parts. 
That was pretty amazing, actually. Yeah, oh wow! I've never seen that till that night. Yeah, you should yeah, watch. I gotta, I gotta, you know, I've gotta rewatch my DVDs too. Yeah. Um, you know, Friday Thirteenth, like the series, is probably my favorite slasher series. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I love it even more than Halloween, even though that's kind of that's kind of bad because Halloween kind of started. Yeah. Those, uh, you know. Um, yeah, it, it did. It did start the slasher flicks for sure. But not even just that, but like the slasher flicks taking the holidays, right? You know, or whatever the specific, you know. That's but right. Oh yeah. That's there's right. Halloween, then there's April Fool's Day, there's Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, right. now was it that there could be possibly Thanksgiving? I know. Right? <laughs> what, are we, what is it coming to, fellas? <laughs> Thanksgiving, it's like that, you know, the ultimately, the only scary thing about it is how full we all get and how sick we feel after it, but I don't know. Well, there's a, there's a pilgrim that's killing people or whatever. Oh, good God, here we go. Yeah, so, uh, okay. <laughs> well, you, you, you've seen Grindhouse, right? I did, yeah. So, you know, the Eli Roth did that, uh, you know, as a joke trailer. That and was it looks cool. like that, that might be cool. one of the ones that they actually make into a real movie. And do a feature now. And you know why? Because everybody loved it. Even like my entire team that I work with, this group of guys too. That's definitely their favorite element of that. It was very cool. Yeah, it was. It was fun. I mean, they actually he took something. You know, Eli did a he did a good job with um, making it look like an '80s slasher yeah. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. What do but, you guys think? What do you guys think? Oh, you know, they're remaking April Fool's Day too, right? Oh my God, are they? They're remaking April Fool's Day right now. They're remaking the original Creep Show right now. They're remaking the original Friday the Thirteenth right now. How do you guys feel about all that? Oh no, well no. I want to ask you this though yeah. before we answer that question. All we right. just found out last night. Uh, we were talking about this. They're remaking the Birds. The Birds. <laughs> Brutal. The Birds. Yeah. Brutal. Michael Bay, producing. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh, really? it's good to know. It's good to know that it's in good hands. <laughs> yeah. I, I say I say that with all sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Of yeah, I know. I know. It's not the Transformers, eh? Um, yeah. I don't know about that. You know what? I actually have a problem with that, and I have no problem talking about that. I have a problem with a lot of those remakes because it hasn't been, it really hasn't been that long since they made those movies, and they're timeless. Halloween yeah. included, to be honest, even though I thought Halloween, Rob Zombie, I like his take on it. I like yeah. that he told the story of Michael Myers and what it takes to become that mental. Yeah. So that was very cool, but... Um, because it was almost like a sequel, but, I mean, the idea of remaking all these movies, I don't really understand what's going on. I have a common joke that I talk to all my friends about, that I just want to go to Hollywood and talk to them about remaking the original Star Wars. Yeah. You know, since we're in the midst of making, yeah. all, remaking all these great movies, because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, where did all the original ideas go, right? Right. Exactly. So, well, I mean, you can, exactly. kind of, uh, you can kind of joke and say that uh, George Lucas has already remade Star Wars by I know prequels. <laughs> and it would be a joke. You're right. We, we we could joke about that. Yeah. Oh shit. We're dead for saying that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my show's <laughs> gonna be cut pretty soon. Yeah. Our, our yeah. careers are ruined. Yeah. George <laughs> yeah. Lucas will be like, you're never gonna work in the internet again. Yeah. That's right. And he's already before my shit comes out. He's already telling me that he's shutting me down before I even come out. So. It's great knowing you guys at this time. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. It's a public radio. You can. Yeah. You know, you've got you got uh, freedom of uh, speech. Freedom of speech for sure. You know. Oh yeah, those he's cool. <laughs> yeah, he. he yeah, I, I mean, George definitely. Lucas wouldn't even listen to this. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars. He'd be awesome. like John Who. What? Yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why would I be? You know, yeah. be even show. Radio show? He did. I don't remember doing a radio show. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he um he he did see uh, George, uh was it uh, George Lucas in Love which 
I don't Lord know if you've Lucas ever heard of Love? that or seen that. But it's a uh, short film, like 10-minute oh, short yeah. film. You've seen it? No, never even heard of it. Uh, it's uh, basically George, you know, it's, it's how George Lucas came up with Star Wars, told like as if it were like Shakespeare in Love type thing. Oh, yeah. So it's like George Lucas when he was in college and all the wow. inspiration for Star wow. Wars. You know, it's it's really you know it's a really funny short. You can find it on like YouTube. Okay, cool. I'll check that yeah. out. No, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good short. Um, you can you know my favorite thing is I bought it and it comes right. with um some really cool stuff. Yeah. But the guy who did it uh, ended up uh, directing um, he ended up directing that uh, new movie Sydney White and mm-hmm. a few other things. But because of that, he got a lot of offers and right. I got a lot of chance to do that. So, hey, you right. know what? When uh, I'm sure when Left 4 Dead comes out on DVD, you're going to be getting lots and lots of offers. I hope so. I hope so. I'm keeping my fingers crossed, and I have a pretty good feeling about it. And, uh, cool. yeah, yeah, you never know. I mean, it takes a lot, you know, a lot of time and a lot of patience to probably, do, you know, to do a feature film, so. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I tell most people, people are like, well, what's it like being a filmmaker? I'm like, well, basically I wait professionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is as a filmmaker. You wait professionally. You sit there. You wait for the phone to ring. You wait for the response. You wait to finish the freaking thing. You know what I mean? You wait to be able to show it. You wait it for to more people. money to come in. You wait for your money to finally come in. You know? Yeah. So that's that's basically all it is. So you wait to pay back investors and <laughs> you wait to pay back investors. Wait to pay back the people who worked on your movie. Yeah, it's just honestly waiting all the time. So like people like um, Danielle Harris and. Um, I know a few other people that you had to, you know, you definitely had to pay them up front, you know. Yes, they got majority of the, you know, right? Like yeah. pretty much the uh, majority, cast, majority like the big, went up front, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. uh, so they're, they're all taken care of. They don't, uh, they're just waiting for the residuals. To be honest with you, because our production and the way we work things out, everyone, everyone's pretty much taken care of. It worked out really nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I mean, there's really, there's really no real issues with this thing, and like I said, it was one guy who financed the whole thing out of his pocket, out of his like, you know, he did the whole mortgages, house thing, and everything he had to do to make this happen. So, excuse me, God bless his soul for that, making it, you know, my my vision come to life. Wow, but, I uh, a lot of people do that too, mortgage their house just to make a movie and. You it, know, takes, it takes the life idea. Like it's like I, I sit there and I say to all the young filmmakers, I mean, it, my number one question is, can you live without it? And they say, well, potentially. I'm like, well, live without it then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it really is that tough, and it really does take that much out of you. And it's not as easy as people think. It's almost like you know, just because people can get you know a five thousand dollar camera, and like we, you and I were talking about earlier, John, about Final Cut Pro, and they can put it on their computer, everybody suddenly is a, is a filmmaker. Well, it's not necessarily the case. I often relate and make analogies to things with hockey. The guy who has the best equipment isn't always the best player on the ice. You know? Right. So it's, 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 it's a very hard thing to do, and it, it really takes a lot out of you. And if, if you can live without it, I would say to go ahead and do so, because it is very tough. You know, it's a brutal world out there. Yeah. And you're subjected. It's often you're subjected to the entire world, right? So it's basically like you walking into a room with your clothes off and saying, well, how do I look naked, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because you're putting yeah. you're putting your work out there. You're coming in. You're putting your work out there and saying, "Okay, please yeah. judge me now. Judge me on exactly. my on my work." And yep. really, you don't exactly. you don't want that feeling. You have to become impervious. You have to you have to really become you know subjective to yourself and understand that everyone's going to have their own opinion, and not everyone's going to like your shit. And that's the bottom line. Right. You know. Yep. 
Um, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's, that's kind of the thing with like showbiz. It's like you know, I'm a you know, I'm a musician, and I've done you know, con- like stand up comedy and stuff like that. Right. And and you know, it's true. I mean, you really do have to put yourself out there. You have to be able mm-hmm. to handle just someone shoving their finger in your face and saying you yeah. suck. You just got to be able to you know, kind of take that. And the thing is, too, I mean, you just got to realize that you know, opinions are all subjective. That's you right. Know, you're never that bad. Yeah. You know, you're never really that good either. You know, yeah, you, and, and like you know. I say to everyone, you're doing it. Like, if exactly. you did it, that's exactly. awesome. Someone will come to me with exactly. a short film or come to me with anything, and they're like, I know what's kind of shit. I'm like, buddy, you did it. You know how many people haven't done it? Or yeah, people say that. they're going to do it and yeah. don't and end up doing it. they never do, you know? I mean, and like, I'm, you know, you know, I'm an, I don't want to say aspiring filmmaker because I made short films and whatnot, like, with my friends right. and all this stuff, and you know, like I like I said, I'm learning Final Cut Pro now, but I kind of yeah. grew up on iMovie and um, Pinnacle Studio right. Pro and all that stuff. And um, Pinnacle Studio, hey, forty five dollars an hour, I'll help you learn how to learn Final Cut if you want to find me down in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I if I can afford to do that, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but no, I'll uh, I'll 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 learn it myself. I think oh, I'm pretty yeah, sure I'll I'll figure it out. It. It's not, you know, they've got a user manual on it, you know. And, yeah. Oh, yeah, and there's things, tons so. of little things. And if you go to any Apple dealer, you can learn it for, like, you know, $9. You go and do it. Like a or I could buy, like, that really helps Final me. Cut Pro for dummies. Yeah. If I really want it, but. It's a good book. It is a good book. I've read it. It's good. Really? Yeah, it's good. It helps out a lot. I'm not lying. Um, I just think I need a new hard drive anyway, because I, I need a lot of space. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, which, you know, is another thing that's going to send me back and not let me, uh, because I'm working on a movie called Plan 8 from Outer Space. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a parody of the Plan 9. The Ed Wood film, yeah. Yes. Nice. Which, cool, man. That you know, super and so, cool. But it's going to be like a 60 or 70 minute um, goofy movie. Like, it's, right. You know, not going to be taken seriously at all. And, um, you know, we're going to be working on that probably in December. But, you know, I'm going to have to spend a lot of the money on just, you know, uh, fixing up my computer and... I'm hoping to win that McDonald's Monopoly money stuff. You know, <laughs> have you guys been doing that at all? Like, yeah, do you guys have that up? I in actually. Canada? Hello. Oh uh, yeah. Hey. Oh, um, it cut out again. Did you get cut out or? Yeah, it cut out for a second there. Oh okay. Um, yeah. It's okay. It's uh. Cool. It's still recording, so. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, yeah. Chris, you're still with us, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Both Chris's. Both Chris's. Yes. <laughs> um, that's good. All right. So, um, no, uh, do you guys have that uh, Monopoly, uh, what is it, McDonald's Monopoly thing? Yeah, it's going on right now, actually, over here in Canada. Yeah, it's going uh, It's going on over here, too. I'm trying to win $50,000. Yeah. Right. I, I doubt it's going to happen, but, you know, if that yeah, happens, I can I'll fund my movie. Cool. Why, are you trying to raise money for your movie? Yeah, exactly. And You know, I did a pretty cool thing. I have the rights to a Stephen King film that he sold me for a dollar, one of the dollar babies. I have a film nice. called uh, The Man Who Loved Flowers that he sold me for a dollar. Oh, dude. Nice. From the, from the Night, Shift, Night Shift book. Nice. I love that story. Yeah, and it was really cool. And so I, I've been dying to make this, and I, ha- I haven't been able to get the money because I can't really guarantee a return on investment because I have the non-exclusive right, meaning that I can't do anything with it until Mr. King himself agrees to let me do something with it, right, once it's made. Yeah. So right. what I did was I actually went on eBay, and I was selling – the executive producer role on eBay to the Stephen King movie. Nice. And I had all these guys in like three days. I had 
all these people go ahead and put you know put their bids in and stuff and the starting bid was starting at 50 grand US at the time I know our, the dollar is even now over here but at the time it was you know very beneficial to get 50,000 US for us and yeah. uh they shut me down <laughs> oh <laughs> that monday but I got to the office at 9 o'clock and I had three messages before 9 o'clock from New York City saying take her down take down your auction this and this because I guess just at the time somebody got the exclusive rights to produce the film uh, so well, so wait, so he sold you it for a dollar though? For a dollar, yeah. And it's the same situation with Frank Darabont, right? He did it with Frank Darabont for a story called The Woman in the Room, and it was after he enjoyed The Woman in the Room so much that he went ahead and Frank Darabont made, he sold Frank Darabont the rights to Shawshank for $10,000 and to stay never cast a check. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, how did you end up getting like him to sell it to you well, for a dollar? I believe it. I actually... Uh, I was really hung over one Saturday afternoon, and uh, <laughs> I just was just sitting there writing, and I wrote it, and I love—I always loved the story, and I wrote the screenplay, and I gave it to my producer at the time, and I let him read it, and he was like, this is fucking deadly. And I was like, really, you like it? And he's like, honestly, this is deadly. He's like, you got to try and get this. So I knew that Stephen King at the time didn't have an agent. He didn't see the reason for going and giving 15% of something when he could pay a fee to his lawyer, right? Right. Yeah. So basically, I called up Arthur Green, his lawyer in New York City, and uh, got the. Uh, basically, told me he needed the he needed the scripts, he needed my reel, and he needed my letter of intent. And what was going on? And I read later in the in the Shawshank screenplay, Stephen King has a forward to it. So for people out there who are listening to this, if you go and get the Shawshank screenplay from the library and read the forward, Stephen King will say how much he loves movies, and that despite his age and everybody else, if he likes the material. And, and the the person shows that they have the ability to write, and they're not completely illiterate. That he'll grant them the right for one dollar to make his films, and he calls them dollar babies. Well, I'm number fourteen. Nice. So yeah. fourteen dollars. <laughs> no, I'm number fourteen. He's done this fourteen times. I was. Well, yeah, right. So he's he's paid fourteen dollars. Unless he's done it, unless he's done it with someone else since then. So yeah, I have the contract, and he's granted me the right, and I'm dying to make it, but I'm still trying to find the financing for it, and. I don't know, maybe I'm talking to you guys now, you know, like whoever whoever helps me finance this or make this film, we're pretty much set because we can definitely, like, I have the right to show it to agents in Hollywood and other people to, you know, further our careers and make our moves, so. Well, you know, um. Grand you want to throw in or? <laughs> I, have, uh, I have $10. I, th- I think I could probably $10? buy the flowers. Okay, I could, I could, I'll pay right? flowers. You and I at least are going to have subs. That's good. Hey, there we go. Um, <laughs> start. Hey, you know, who knows? Uh, <laughs> when when I start getting some money for my other stuff, you know, I might try to produce something else. So, hey. Right. Well, I'll send you, you the contract. It's all reality. It's not a joke. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would, it. you know, I, I would love to do that. That's awesome. That. Uh, yeah, I was really hoping, actually, like, if things worked out the way I wanted it to, I was really hoping to include it on the Left 4 Dead DVD and the special features. I'm like really this? hoping to make it in the next little oh, while. The, the, like, uh, the, the screenplay or what? What's that? The screenplay to the... To, I mean, what, what would you want to include in the special features? The movie. I'd like to have the movie made and in the special features. <laughs> like, is it a short or something? It's a short, yeah. It's an eight-minute short. So, uh, like, what, what, what makes it so um, incredibly expensive to do? Uh, it's not incredibly expensive to do. It's, uh, I mean, it's, like I said, like 50,000 American would definitely take care of it because of the resources that I have available to myself. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, which is short. I mean, it's an eight-minute short, but it's not just an eight-minute short. It's an eight-minute, you know, my short, and it's an eight-minute Stephen King short. Right. Yeah. Right? And if I if I actually, you know, between us, if I actually sent you the screenplay, I think you'd be pretty impressed. And Stephen King fans alike would really appreciate the film. So you you pretty much know the budget would have to be at least 50000 At least 50000 yeah. Because, I mean, you couldn't cop out on certain things. And it, it opens with a three-minute, the, sh- the opening shot's three minutes long, which would require a whole bunch of extras, which I have to... Production design alone, I have a, I have an area in uh, Hamilton, the city I'm from. There, certain areas look very much like New York City, and that's where the story takes place, if you recollect. And uh, I have to recreate that through production design. And I need it. I need you know a couple hundred extras, rah rah rah. But production-wise, as far as the equipment, the cameras, and other things are concerned, I have I can take care of that pretty much myself. Oh wow! Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, yeah. You know, uh, wow, this is if, all if I have somebody, if I find somebody who's willing to, you know, give fifty thousand dollars away, I'll send them to you. <laughs> yeah, and then that would make you what? Partially the executive producer, right? <laughs> uh, probably associate producer. <laughs> associate? Oh no, you can't think associate. You know what associate producer means? Yeah, uh, yeah as, as, you know, what's, no. the, what's the movie that talks about that? Um, God, what's that? What's that movie? Stadium Can Man. Can Man. What? It, was it called Can Man? No, it was, um, have you seen State of Maine? State of Maine, that was awesome. Yeah, and Alec that movie. Alec Baldwin and all that. What? Alec Baldwin was in that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Well, uh, you know, they they were like, uh, let's give him an associate producer credit. Yeah. It's like, what does associate producer mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> just, <laughs> that's exactly it. It's yeah, just yeah. to give him a, a credit. Yeah, you know. but no, that's actually partially why I brought it up on your show, is because I'm dying to make it, and if somebody's willing to come and do that, then I mean, we could potentially talk about, like I, I mentioned to you guys, Why Girls is a major motion picture and these other things, like, but you got to start somewhere, right? So someone who is willing to come in and potentially finance this film, it w- well, it would be seen by obviously tons of Hollywood people and Stephen King himself, but then we could move on to other movies and, and go on from there. That's why I wanted to almost incorporate it. My initial idea was to incorporate it into a budget of my next feature. So I would add the $50,000 onto the budget and make both movies. Wow. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, as far as the, the Stephen King thing, um, I, I think if the movie does really well, you know, on DVD and, you know... Left for Dead, you mean? Yeah, Left for Dead. Yeah. Um, I think you might be getting like offers to do stuff, you know, and definitely, you know. So definitely. one of the things that they might want, they might, you know, like, would you be able to make that eight minutes short into like a eighty minute feature? No, absolutely not. I'm completely against it, to be honest with you. You wouldn't want to make that into a, a no, feature at all. No, because you know what? Yeah. That was just, the first thing that work. everybody was talking to me about was the idea of doing that. But you know what? Certain things are. I take things at face value, and things are what they are. And that movie, or sorry, that story is what it is because it's so short, right? Yeah. It's unpredictable. You don't really realize what's going on, and suddenly, you know, the punchline comes right through. But then it's like, if you were to elaborate on that or try and make that into a feature, then it's just a dry, it's like watching an iceberg melt. (laughs) It's just like, oh, this guy with flowers is killing all these people. Wow, how dry is that? The shock value lies in the fact of how short it is, and you don't realize that this person is who he is, and then you see what he is. And then it's done. Otherwise, yeah. it's useless, I think. 
But yeah, that's my exactly. own opinion, right? There are other people out there. That's my own opinion. And, you know, if there are other filmmakers, if they do have the exclusive rights to it, I'm sorry for offending them, but that's I'm a face value kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. So, that's, that, that makes sense. Yeah, fair enough, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I that's it's your personal opinion, and you're the one who owns the you know, rights yeah. to it. So. And I have that, and that's why I took it off eBay, because that was their threat. They're like, you know what? You take that whole thing down, or else we take your rights. And I was like... It'll be down in about 37 seconds, <laughs> you know? Well, like, so they were doing it because they were... Uh, they were doing it because there was a guy at the time, I don't know if this is still a fact, but there was a guy at the time who got the exclusive rights, and then he had kind of flipped out and realized, you know, that I was doing this, and they thought it was sort of synonymous with their film, and it wasn't the same film, and there was just confusion happening. Mm-hmm. And legally, when the confusion started to happen, it, it just... It just sort of came down to me having to pull out. But so, do you? Cool yeah, so you have the full rights, but nobody else has the rights to the movie. No, I have the non-exclusive rights to the short film. So. It's called the non-exclusive rights to the short film, meaning that I have the right from Stephen King himself and how his credit has to appear to to make it for my reel and to show it to film agents and other people alike, right, and himself included. So, without people, I mean, anybody could, like, you know. Not legally, but could actually say, you know, uh, you know, written by Stephen King or whatever, like, no, based on a story they by... they couldn't do that. He actually, in my contract, it stipulates how his credit has to appear in the film. You couldn't just take his work and do it like that on Exactly, your but people, yeah. that's what I'm saying, people people could do it, but they wouldn't be allowed to. That's right. He you know, Stephen would... Uh, where, have where I can do it, and I would not be sued. Right. Right. So that's how it is. But non-exclusive meaning that I don't have the right to go and make a feature film out of this because when people did hear that I had this back in, it was, I got it in 2000 actually, which is funny because I've made two feature films since then. and just can't get this going on. But everybody thought I had the exclusive right. So I had Warner Brothers. I had all the major distributors on the phone basically thinking that I had this, you know, huge thing that we could do with Stephen King, but it wasn't the case at all. It was just, it's just, like I said earlier, like another stepping stone. Yeah, but if it gets made, it's very cool. Like you guys would love the script. Very cool. And See, so you had actually Warner Brothers on the phone. What's that? You had Warner Brothers on the phone with you. Absolutely. You should have been like, well, I don't have that, but I have this. Yeah, I know, but I didn't have those other movies at the time. I didn't have less. Oh man, that that stings. That if you had, you know, know. if you had, that would have been been great. Yeah, it would have been deadly. Oh man! So this you all this all came later. So I mean, it, it, you know how life is. Life's like a game of chess, right? And it's all about playing your pieces properly. So, I mean, things things have definitely worked out right for me. But at the same time, yeah, it's been kind of uh, whew, back and forth, up and down, all around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as far as getting distributors, did you just send the movie off to people, or that's correct? So, um, <clears throat> did you well, send them off like Warner's at all, or? Without mentioning any names, we had a lot of people who were very interested from the get-go. Like, as soon as it was listed on IMDb and came out on IMDb, uh, we had a lot of people sort of saying, when this movie is done, can you please send it to us so we can see it? Like, as soon as the movie was done, we had an offer instantly. Mm-hmm. Are we still on the air, fellas? Yeah, yeah, we're still, yeah. Uh, we're still okay. on the air. I mean, what? it's not um, actually, like, nobody could just turn it on and listen right now, but... okay. But um, it's still being recorded, okay. And um, it can go on for like a while, so just okay. as long as we want to keep the talking, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Well, so. we basically we basically had we had a 
we had an offer out out of the gate. It wasn't an offer we were cool with at all. And uh, the the terms they wanted to own the film for quite a long time, and they required X amount of dollars from us for administration fees. Rah rah rah. We're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Administration like they, they administration fees exist. Don't get me wrong, but it just seemed to be like a ton of. Uh, administration fees and other things that we just weren't cool with so it didn't but right right out of the gates we had people interested no. how could you not be though you know what i mean daniel harris sean roberts boyd banks 80s homage horror film that's pretty rad uh i forgot to mention yeah. um also robbie amell yeah robbie amell from cheaper from the dozen two and stuff yeah and um you know actually i saw um be- no. uh, because of kate todd i i became a fan of like watching uh life with derek because Right. You know, I've heard she was going to be on it, and I've been kind of waiting to see. Uh, but it's not a bad show at all, so... Uh, and he's yeah, got no, a pretty good role in that, so... Right. Uh, he plays, like, uh, what is it, like, the girl uh, of it, Casey's, um, like, uh, boyfriend. Right. So, um, but, yeah, he's he definitely seems like a person that's uh, going to go places, so... You know, um... You know, and then you've got you know you've got a lot of good people on your in your movie, so. I know. I yeah. So I have a, I have a pretty good feeling about everything, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But I think things are going to work out pretty good for everybody involved, for sure. Cool. Right. And uh, very awesome. Uh, I'm guessing that you're going to be doing a lot more like shows and interviews and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and I want to do it with you guys too. I want to do another one with you guys too. As soon as we get it picked up, I want to keep in touch, John. You get you got in touch with me, so. You're one of the first people I've been talking to about this, so I think it's super cool. So I think we should maybe talk again. As soon as I get a distribution deal, which should be any time probably in the next two weeks, well, I, I mean legitimately signing on the dotted line, so to speak. Yeah. I'm going to give you guys a shout and let you know what's going on, and maybe we can do this again and uh, give like, specific release dates and more details about the project. And if you're able to, like, I mean, I, I know I asked you earlier and uh, whatnot, and you said right now because of distribution rights you wouldn't be able to, but if I could be able to see the movie or whatever so I can... You know, um, yeah, I could talk about... Well, what I would this. like to do is I want to give it to you guys, and I think it would be cool right now. If you want, I'll send you a trailer. Okay. okay. I'll send awesome. a trailer to you guys. You guys check out the trailer, because that's super cool. And mm-hmm. uh, basically, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done on it, and, and this is what we have to do for our delivery for Germany and for North America, mm-hmm. uh, ADR, et cetera, et cetera, changing some of the music and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd really like you guys to see the movie, how it's supposed to be seen, rather than the rough cut. Right. So what yeah. I'm going to do is I'm going to send you guys out a trailer. John will talk through email. Mm-hmm. I'll send you guys out a trailer, and then once I have these these finite details done with the distributor, and I have the movie the way it's supposed to be seen, I'll give it to you because it shouldn't be judged or subjected to anything other than distributor in the rough cut state that it's in. Right. Okay. Right. Is that um, cool? And uh, you know, I don't know if I can ask you this, but you know, when we start getting this, uh, you know, when you start getting all this stuff done, you know, to mm-hmm. to, to get the movie you know, uh, completely finished and, and yeah. ready. Um, would you be able to, I, I don't know, you said you, you it was tough to get, like, Danielle Harris on the phone, obviously. Um, but um, are are you still, like, uh, do you still keep in touch with any of the other actors? or? Oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely, uh, yeah. Once I, um, what I'll do is if we can, if we can set it up and, like, I'll get a little more time because people are, people are all over the place, right? People are, right now are in L.A., B.C., Nova Scotia, everyone's all around. If, if we have enough time to figure it out, I can get the leads in. I can do everything. I can't guarantee anything with Daniel. Right, right, right. It was kind of, it was pretty short notice. So right. 
So what I can do is I could definitely have John. I talk to John all the time. I could figure out something with uh, Daniel. I could probably definitely get Sean Roberts, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll yeah we'll figure something out from there. Oh yeah, definitely. These guys are, cool. and, uh, these guys are actually uh, these guys are taking off right now. A couple of them. So I, if you guys are cool, I'm gonna have to cut out and say sayonara to these people. Okay, definitely, definitely. Cool? Um, thank you so much, Chris, for coming on, and we'll Anytime, we'll set up. You know, pleasure. we'll keep in touch. Through email for sure, and I'm gonna if you can, John, just send me your uh, your details, and I can send it to him. I'll send you a trailer out this week. Okay, sure, definitely. Okay. Cool. All right, man. Um, Chris, uh, you still there too? Yep, Chris yeah, still is there. Okay, still here. talking to both you guys, eh? Hey, you too, man. Thank okay, you, man. I'll, I'll have a good. You guys, that trailer. I look forward to talking again. And tell them, tell awesome. those guys. I said uh, thanks for coming on, and I'm really you know glad to talk to them. Hello. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, uh, you still here, right? I am still here, yes. Uh, all right. Well, so what did you think of the show? It was good. Very yeah. good. I give it uh I give it an A+. Plus. I give it two thumbs up. I give it I give it three thumbs up. Three thumbs up. Oh, good. It, oh, wow. It, yeah. I don't you know. Have, I don't know you have you have just uh trumped me right there, buddy. I've uh, I've defined logic and any sense of sense. I I guess <laughs> Yeah. But uh yes, well, you know, somebody somebody could have three arms, I guess. So. That's true. Three hands. That's true. You never know. Yeah. You know. There are people that have six fingers, so maybe one of them's another thumb. That's true. That would be really creepy though. That would be fucking weird, man. <laughs> so, um yeah, so it was really cool and we might be talking to Dan- uh, Daniel Clark and uh John uh Bergar and a bunch of other people. So, that's awesome. really cool. That is very cool. Um, I'm I'm excited to um wow, uh Chris Chris seemed like a really cool guy and um yeah, I'm excited to see a trailer. You know. I Yeah, me too. That sounded like it was like something that he wasn't putting online that it was um I don't know, like that he was sending to me, like through mail or yeah. something. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. But um yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to uh to do another interview with him and the it, it feels like this movie is going to become this huge success. Yeah. And then we're going to be the show that, you know, got to talk to this guy before before he was famous, you know, before he was the the, you know, the huge mega yeah. director, you know. Yeah. Like definitely. he 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 had a like he he talked about how Danielle Harris hadn't really done anything in a while or whatever that, you know, his, her her uh agent wanted her to do another horror movie and you know, she had a good time, but then all of a sudden Halloween came out, and then, boosh, she was gone. Yeah. You know, she was big, and I feel like that's going to happen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, yeah. saying that, uh, you know, it would be all of a sudden like, you know, oh, it's hard to get Chris Harrison on the phone. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Uh Definitely. But he's, uh, you know, he was cool. He was here, you know, like 11 minutes before the show started. Really? That That really shocked the heck out of me. You know, yeah. like I told them like five to ten minutes, but I didn't expect, you know, when I put it on, I was like, holy crap, he can hear me. <laughs> you know, I wasn't like expecting, you know, uh, somebody to be on here anyway this early. But, uh, and I think, I, you know, uh, it was cool to have that prank, the uh, <laughs> pinhead prank. That was awesome. Yeah, so, uh, you, know, it was, you know, it was an interesting show today. Uh, I'm hoping uh, tomorrow's show, which is hopefully with uh, Brenda Lee Roth. Cool. Um, that I hope that goes well. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really heard from her yet, so we'll see. Cool. But uh, yeah. So um, 
And I guess um, I'm hoping you get a chance to see the trailer for Left 4 Dead. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if, yeah. If you get that, uh, yeah, forward it. Yeah, forward it to me. Yeah, if uh, if yeah, it's like something like online or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, it, like, cool. didn't it sound like you was talking about uh, sending it to the mail, like regular mail, so. not email? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but um, yeah, it was really cool. I, I see. I wasn't even sure if he was definitely coming on because like it was short notice, and then he yeah. did say he was. Yeah. But. I, I was a little like um, not sure if uh, if uh, you know what what was going on exactly you know, mm-hmm. but um, that's cool. Um, I'm excited and I hope that uh, I hope this generates more buzz for that uh, for the movie and I hope that uh, more people that listen to this uh, check it out. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, you sounded like you were interested in it. Yeah, it sounded pretty cool. Yeah, I'm really into, like, you know, I mean, it seems like they're in a lot, a lot of the same stuff that, you know, I'm into. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so did you, uh, d- uh, you know, I guess I never really asked you this before, but did you kind of grow up on, like, Friday the 13th? And... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was like, yeah, especially, like, you know, the Jason movies and, uh, you know, Halloween and Freddy movies, especially the Jason movies, because, like, I'd always, I'd always see them on TV and stuff. You know, it's like I watched him, you know, when I was, you know, kind of young. And I think, I think like, the Jason movies kind of, they kind of always left an impression on me because, like, you know, I grew up in a very, I grew up in New Hampshire. And it's, like, in a really Crystal Lake kind of environment. Like, you know, I had a house near the lake. And yeah, it was supposed of, to be, like, a New Englandish. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was really New Englandish. Feel. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I, I grew up, like, uh, right next to me, uh, you know, right next to my house is uh, this place called Lake Powell. Mm-hmm. Every time I go by Lake Powell, I always think of uh, Camp Crystal Lake. And, you know, we we used to have a um, 4-H, we, we still do, there's a 4-H camp right by, you know. And I was always thinking, yeah. man, I wish I, I had, wish I had gone to camp. Because you know how many yeah. times I, you know, I, I would have dreamed about, you know, I would have freaked, freaked out, you know, during the campfire stuff and talking about ghost stories and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it would have been crazy. I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to talk to the special effects and the uh, actress as much. Yeah. They didn't, they, they seem to be kind of all, like, you know, you know, I mean, there, but they kind of, I don't know, they were, they weren't, sh- you know, they all, they, all, they all wanted to do their, you know, their talk or whatever and wanted to pass the yeah. phone around, so. Yeah. But um yeah, so I'm really excited um about uh the way that this this uh show's going, like the the way the radio show's going now. Like Yeah. I'm hoping that if uh you know, if Left for Dead does take off that more people will actually want to come on. You know, because oh man, they you know, they got interviewed by these people, you know, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. They got interviewed by Fan Fangoria and stuff, I think, is what they're saying. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And yeah, Fangoria's huge, you know. Yep. Um, have you even heard? Did you hear the uh, radio show that they have, like Fangoria Radio? Actually, no, I haven't. But you know that exists, right? Did you even know it exists? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, you uh, didn't I think know I that. Oh, cool. I did not know that. Uh, Debbie Sean, who is a big, um, uh, you know, independent screen queen. Uh, co-host with Dee Snyder. 
Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, so they do uh, Fangoria Radio, and it's on, like, uh, one of one of those uh, things, like either Sirius or one of those uh, one of those things, um, one of those radio things. But, um, all right, well, I guess that's, uh, I guess that's it for the uh, show. Cool. You know, um, I think this, you know, did you think this was a good uh, show? I thought this was a very, very good show. Um, I found out last night that um, my uh, one of my employees, one of the employees that works with me, was uh, listening last night. Cool. You know, and uh, he said he enjoyed it. I guess, but awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't sure, like, if anybody would really like. We were we were kind of babbling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's pretty yeah pretty free form. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Like uh, you know, you know what? What did you think? Like, uh, like you were talking about the remakes, and we kind of discussed that last night. But um, I mean, if you had a chance to remake a movie, like a horror movie, what would you remake? Hmm, remake. I don't know. I'd say, wow, good question. That's a tough. That's a tough question, isn't it? I should have asked Chris yeah. that. Why do I why do I come up with stuff after the guests yeah. leave? Yeah. You know, I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, it'd be a good one. Sleepaway Camp. That would. Oh man, I, I'm afraid of giving these ideas out though. Yeah. On the air, because all of a sudden <laughs> some producer is going to think about it. The 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 you know the idea is going to leave your mouth, and all of a sudden some producer is going to be like. Yeah. We got to remake Sleep. It's gonna be, Michael gonna be, Bay. That's awesome. Gonna, that's awesome. We'll make millions. Michael Bay is going to be like um, sleeping, and all of a sudden wake up going, "I've got an epiphany." Yeah. You know, yeah. and then he's going to buy the rights to Sleepaway Camp, or Uwe Boll is going to buy the uh, rights to uh, Sleepaway Camp and uh, make it as a video game movie. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. that. That's uh, that's that's harsh. I shouldn't have said that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, no, he, uh, you know, so, Sleepaway Camp would be kind of, I don't, I, see, that's the thing. I would rather them make something that wasn't that good, that deserves to be remade, like, better, you know? Yeah. But, you know, because they, they do the classics, like, they did Psycho, you yeah. know, but Shot for Shot, which was the most ridiculous thing I've ever like somebody has to be really, 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 really pretentious to do a shot yeah. for shot. Yeah. yeah, it just seemed. I mean, it seemed like kind of an interesting experiment, but yeah, it's just yeah. At the end of the day, it's just kind of like why, you know. Uh, and and who would cast Vince Vaughn? I think it was Vince Vaughn, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, Vince Vaughn. It was like Julianne Moore and Anne Hache. Oh, Anne Hache was the uh, yeah. um, Janet Leigh, right? Yeah, the one she who was, died uh, in the shower. Janet Leigh. She was the one who, like, yeah, she got stabbed and in the, the shower. shower. The thing, but, you know, the thing, the, what's funny is that when it first came out, and I remember Kevin Smith posting about the movie, and he says that you can see Anne Hache's asshole, like, as she falls out of the shower. And that's like, now it's like every time I think of that movie, that's what I think of. Like, and he's just asshole. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's you know. I'm, I'm sure if you ever run into it was Gus Van Zandt who did it, right? If you ever yeah. run into Gus, you know, 
He gave yeah. me like, um, you know what I thought of you, your, your movie Psycho? I thought of Anahisha's asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, exactly. That's that's great. Um, you know, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. See, Sleepaway Camp, I think was too good of a cult movie that I would never want to remake it. You know, you know, um, Anger Naked Pat talked about, um, uh, talks about what's it, what's it, what's the, um, what's the show, uh, what's the movie that's being remade? Fright Night. Fright Night, yeah. And Fright Night's being remade, and it's going to be remade, um, but, like, really have nothing but the title, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty interesting. And that's, I mean, that's kind of, just kind of ballsy, because, really, I mean, nobody can copyright a title. Mm-hmm. So, anybody could make a movie called Friday Night? You know, yeah, if they really wanted to, and then if it has nothing to do with the original, yeah, then, then really, other than just having the title, then it's not even really a remake, is it? Yeah, it's just really kind of pointless. I mean, if they, if they, if they did, yeah, if they did like you know, kind of a straight remake of it, I think it could be, you know, it could be interesting. I don't know. I think if they they should do a sequel, if they do anything. Yeah. Like they shouldn't do remakes. They should do sequels or prequels or something. Yeah, actually, one thing, one thing. I don't know. If, I don't know if you ever saw the Shaft remake with Samuel L. Jackson. What they did, what they did with that was kind of was pretty. I thought it was pretty cool. Like it, like it's clear, like a new movie. It's like a new guy, but they have the old Shaft playing the old character. Like he's still kind of there. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, they, they did, did that with did, Maverick. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if they did something like that with, like, say, Friday the Thirteenth, like clearly, like don't, like you know, kind of do a new thing, but not necessarily just wipe out continuity and start fresh. Well, see, what they're doing with Friday the 13th, from what I've understood, and I think that was mentioned on the board, on the web board, but, um, is uh, that they're not going to have Jason's mom yeah. be the killer. It's going to be just Jason, uh, which uh, Victor Miller would be very upset about. He's the original writer of Friday the 13th, and he hated the fact that, you know, in the sequels, which Ron Kurz wrote, the for, I think, the second and third one, which, by far, I mean, all three of the first three were just, like, you know, remakes of the other ones, anyway, with Jason just being yeah. the killer. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, yeah. the same situation, people in camp getting slaughtered. Oh, mm-hmm. People setting up a camp. You know, yeah. they weren't even, exactly. like, actually in camp. They were the counselors getting ready for the camp. Mm-hmm. You know, and, of course, they don't have, like, if they had it today, it would be more interesting to see, like, um, Jason going after kids, but see, I guess you can't really do that, can you? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's laws about child actors being killed or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know. Are you a trauma fan? I'm gonna. This is gonna be completely off topic. We're gonna switch topics here. Yeah, some. Yeah, some trauma movies. Like I've seen. Like I've seen some classic ones. Like you know, I've seen you know the Toxic Avengers and. Uh, yeah, some of the uh, let's see, what was it? Oh yeah, Sergeant Kabuki Man. And I've seen them. I remember like I used to watch USA up all night. And they show all like class of Nukem High. Yeah, and they show like yeah, stuff like that. Nukem High and you know, you know stuff like that. I, I got into um, trauma kind of late, and just like I well, I kind of got into horror late. Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, I had grown up loving 
uh, or wanting to love uh, Friday the 13th um, because I wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, they gave me nightmares, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I'd sneak and watch it, and then get nightmares, and then my parents would get more upset with me. <laughs> you know, because I'd you know I'd, I'd go and try to watch it, you know, when it's on cable or whatever. And there's no real death scenes. And um, actually, what's funny is I, I dragged my dad into watching um, Friday the Thirteenth. Um, I guess I don't know how how long ago, maybe a year ago or so, or a year or two ago. Yeah. And my dad watched uh, Friday the Thirteenth and thought it was the, the worst acting he's ever seen. <laughs> and if you really watch it, it's really cheesy acting. But I, yeah. you know, I had a lot of fun with it. it was, you know, and then he was asking questions that kind of I couldn't answer because it ruined the surprise. You know, yeah. like the whole idea of like because when when that girl gets in the car and you know she's talking to the killer. Who mm-hmm. happens, you know, I'm guessing everybody that listens here knows Friday the 13th, number one. And, you know, it turns out to be Jason's mom being the killer, right? Yeah. Well, she, my dad was like, you know, thinking that it was Jason in a hockey mask driving the car. <laughs> and was like, why would anybody just get into a car with a guy with a hockey mask on? You know, like. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. So, you know, like, I can answer that because if I said, oh, it's the mom and she's killing people, then that's obviously, you know, but, um, but anyway, um, what was I talking about before? Like, it kind of got sidetracked. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, remakes. I think, you know, we started talking about trauma. Okay, trauma. Oh, yeah, trauma. That's right. Okay. Then, yeah, this is completely, uh you know, off-topic of the remakes, okay? But, um, uh, you know that Lloyd Kaufman, the the director of all the trauma movies, like, you know, whatnot, um, he, uh, he just, uh, you know, wrote a, wrote in a uh, letter to, uh, EW, uh, Entertainment Weekly or whatever, uh, about apparently, um, in Entertainment Weekly, there was a write-up about, um, what is it, uh, you know, Paul Haggis was mm-hmm. talking about how he got, um, he got burned from, um, uh, from, uh, you know, from, uh, Crash. A lot of people bash Crash, you know? Yeah. And said so because it beat out, um, Brokeback Mountain for Best Picture or whatever. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh man, why, you know, why would it, um, it's a, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's the worst movie of all time. And, he says uh, something about, you know, I've seen other movies that are worst movie of all time. Look at trauma films. Yeah. You know, um, the uh, you know, um, how about the worst movie of all time being the, uh, the, the poultry guys, the Night of the Chicken Dead, <laughs> you know, or whatever, and right. something like that. Something just really mean and kind of like, you know, I mean, really off, you know, like, had nothing to do with what he was just talking about, you know, yeah. and just kind of like, I mean, that was just really rude. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, yeah, okay, if, if uh, you know, Poultry Guys Night the Chicken Dead was up there with Crash, cost that much money to do it, mm. yeah, sure, he can talk about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, he has more of a right to talk about Uwe Bowles movies. 
than a trauma movie because trauma movies are so inexpensive. Like they're not, they're they're barely like. I think even uh, some. I think um, you know, I think Left for Dead costs more than a normal trauma movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I think, like, I think if you you know, um, if you bash, you know, the the trauma films, I think you're just being just silly, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so... Because, I mean, you know, they're designed to be, you know, kind of, you know, cheap and inexpensive, you know? Right. And they have no big stars. Yeah. And they just try to be funny, you know? Exactly. And just, you know, I mean, and also this one apparently has a lot of social commentary on the terrorists and on, um, and, and, and I'm sure they do it in such a way that it's, it's funny and better than Uwe Boll's, uh, postal opening. You know, they're yeah. not gonna like, they're not gonna say that Americans were the cause for the deaths of, you know, themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't the ones to blame. Which yeah. is what Uwe Boll was trying to get at was, oh my god, the terrorists were the good guys. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't, I don't know. He was yeah. That was weird. Yeah, I mean, wasn't that what you thought? What you came from? Like when you were watching that, wasn't that what you were thinking? Yeah. Isn't that? I think like, the, main, with, the main my main thought was like, man, what a dick. Yeah, I mean, so, I know he's German, so he's not really from here. Yeah. You know, so he can have his outside opinions. You know. I mean, I don't yeah. even know if he lives here. I think he still lives in Germany. You know, so, he just probably. happens to do a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, if he were to call here, he would have a German number that popped up, I'm sure. Probably, yeah. And so, um, you know, and I, I'd be interested in talking to him. I mean, he'd be a cool guest. I'd, you know, I wish he would come on, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. he'd be a fun guy to talk to, but just, yeah. like, the question would be, like, were you just trying to you know, elicit a response or did you really think that this, you know, would make people think? Because all it makes people think is, man, what a kind of a dicky move, you know? Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty dicky. Actually, what made me kind of sad was, like, reading people's reactions on, like, you know, the IMDB message boards. People are like, finally, someone's making, making a joke about it. Oh. People are just fucking stupid. Well, see, that's the thing. Um, it's the IMDb boards, and it's also, uh, um, you know, Uwe himself. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah. You know, so. um, just, uh, you know, whatever. So, he's, you know, he's an interesting, uh, um, you know, uh, he'd be an interesting person, but uh, he's just, like, I don't know, he's, he's one of those guys that, yeah, I don't understand if he's, if he's trying to be serious or if he's trying to be just jokey and, you know, not taken seriously, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of, yeah, it's hard to, hard to pin down. He's an enigma. He's an enigma. Um, but, uh, let's see, what else, uh, you know, as far as, I mean, you know, if I, if I had to choose a horror film to remake, I want to go back to that because that was, that's a good topic. That's a good question. Like, yes. It's a hard question because, like, like you said, Sleepaway Camp, which I I can understand why you would pick that. It's a it's an underrated uh, 
um, you know, underrated gym. Yeah. You know, especially... But see, that's the thing. Because then you'd have to come up with a different ending. Because once you have that one ending of Sleepaway Camp... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and for those of you who haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, go watch it. Uh, but there's a, you know, very, very famous uh, scene at the end. And once you have that scene, I'm not going to mention what the scene is, just in case people yeah. haven't seen it. But once you have that scene, you know, mm-hmm. in that movie, and people have seen it, then once they watch the, you know, watch the remake, they're going, going to be thinking, uh, no, all right, well, we know what's coming, you know. They're going to be expecting yeah. it, you know. That's no mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, you know. sure. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think Sleepaway Camp would be cool just to see another, but they would have to not have that ending. Yeah, they'd probably have to, yeah, do something. Normal. Yeah, do something, yeah. I mean, but. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'd take the basic premise and. Yeah, I mean, a, yeah. a girl killing people in, uh, you know, yeah. uh, during, uh, you know, and, well, I guess a girl killing people in camp would just be, like, Jason, like, you know, a female yeah. version of Jason. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's lots, of, there's lots of 80s movies that deserve to be remade. But just yeah. because they they need to be remade to make them a little bit better, I think. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, like, yeah. I'm trying to think. There was a movie called Cutting Class. And uh, it starred um, it starred Brad Pitt and his yeah. like first big uh, role. Like, y- y- if you notice that a lot of um, a lot of uh, really famous actors started in these like '80s uh, cheesy horror films. Oh yeah. Like, um, uh, was obviously you want to say um, uh, was it uh, uh Jennifer uh, was it with gosh um, well let's see you know uh. First of all, there's Brad Pitt, like I said, in Cutting Class. Which you, have you ever seen that? I have not seen that. No. Oh my god, that's cheesy. It's great though. Greedy, <laughs> great, cheesy. But Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, in Halloween, and then there was um, uh, who else? Uh, Kevin Bacon in um, uh, it was a Friday Thirteenth. Yep. Uh, was it uh, Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street? Mm-hmm. Which, uh, did we discuss last night, Nightmare on Elm Street, that death scene? I think we did, didn't we? I the Johnny Depp's so. death scene and... I don't believe, I don't believe we have, actually. Okay, well, that, that was one of the coolest scenes ever, ever filmed. That was very, that was very cool, yeah. It the blood just pouring. Yeah. Like a fountain. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah. You know, you know how they, you know how they did that, like, in the movies, right? I don't like actually. They, I don't think I saw that. Like, uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. Basically, what they did, they built this whole room. They put it on, put it like you know, like on a foosball table where it's like you turn it, and, and it's like you got the little cranks and you turn right. it. And they basically did that with a room. Wow. And they put it on this big thing, and they just they turned it upside down. Just all the blood came, all comes rushing out of it. And um, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty wild. West man, if I ever get, if I can come on the phone, man, like on the show, yeah, I I don't even know if I'll be able to talk. Yeah, that would be because pretty, the yeah. man is just a, you know, the man is just a, you know, the, he's a master. He's a master of horror. 
He yeah. should be on that sh- on the the um, Showtime show, Master yeah. of, Masters of Horror. But I think he's too good. <laughs> you know, like the real the real Master of Horror. No, no, John Carpenter's on it. Toby yeah. Hooper, who I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like a lot of people when I talk to them, they call him Tobe Hooper. Yeah. But did you know his name was actually Toby Hooper? Yeah, it's Toby. Yeah. Um. But uh, Toby Hooper, um, uh, let's see, who else is on that show? That's you know, John Landis got it, but um, I don't know. I was I was a big uh, an American Werewolf in London. Yeah, that one was awesome. Was you know, you know what movie I never got? And I get bashed, you know, especially from like the Dread Central guys mm-hmm. for not liking uh, the, the Howling. The Howling. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that years ago. I mean, it was, I mean, it was all right. Yeah, I, I was kind of indifferent to it. Yeah, I, I didn't, kind I of didn't love it. To me, yeah. I don't know. That and, uh, you know what was boring to me that I didn't think would be boring because it just sounded so awesome? Jack Frost. Yeah. Jack Frost, the uh, Killer Snowman movie, not the Michael Keaton one. Yeah. You know, even though that was boring too, but in a different way. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So any movie called Jack Frost, I'll probably stay away from. Uh-huh. Even though I had an actor that worked in J- uh, Jack Frost 2, in which he's uh-huh. a snowman in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Which, Interesting. I I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Because that wouldn't even make any sense. But obviously there has to be some kind of way that this snowman would not melt. Yeah. But uh, let's see what else. Uh, you know what else is a classic? Um, classic. Uh, well, uh, you know they they should remake. Um, well, I wouldn't say it, but they're probably gonna remake Child's Play. You know, one day. Yeah. In a but, Nightmare on Elm uh, Street, I'm sure we'll get its own remake. Oh yeah, definitely. But I don't think those are the movies that should get remade. Um, yeah. They they deserve more sequels. I mean, I would I would go see another Freddy movie. Yeah, yeah, um, that's kind of that's kind of the thing. Is like they really don't need to be remade. You know, they can just kind of take the basic premise and you know just do whatever with it. Yeah, you know, they can write a good movie make about a sequel it or a prequel. That. Yeah, as long as it's got. I mean, like really, like there are certain people who. You know, like, uh, it was Robert England would have to come back as Freddy. Like, I could yeah. not see anybody else playing yeah, Freddy. I mean, yeah, at this point, yeah, nobody else could be Freddy. No way. Even though I'm going to have somebody play Freddy. I've already talked to him today about it. Uh, my friend Zach is going to be playing Freddy in one of my, like, little shorts. Cool. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be really cheesy. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've got the costume, as I said, so... Awesome. I told him about it today, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah." And I told him, I told him the story idea and whatnot, and he was like, "Oh man, that's gonna be so great!" And he had some ideas for it, and I was like, "Cool." Oh man, so he he made it sound so much better than what I was thinking. I was thinking that just this like generic, easy, like easy to do thing, and then he kept giving me these ideas for like uh, sex and stuff like that. I was like, "Crap!" Man, <laughs> that means I have to. I mean, that sounded so good. I have to actually do it. Yeah, you know, like uh, I was like, oh man, it's gonna take a little bit more time if I actually do this right. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, should be uh, yeah, it should be cool. 
Um, are you thinking about doing some horror films? I don't know. I've, I've, I've thought about. I've thought about like uh, I've you know I've actually attempted like two different screenplays. I don't know if I told you about either of them. I don't think so. But um, I, well, I attempted. You don't, you don't I attempted have to because I don't want somebody stealing them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, it sucks. No, but <laughs> but yeah, I had I had a couple I had a couple different ones. One was uh, yeah, one was like a sort of a picture like the Karate Kid meets Degrassi. And that one that was gonna be called like kinda kinda tromy, but like more sorta like kinda like kitty. Like not well not kitty, but I mean just you know, not you know, just kinda kinda like a comedy sort of thing. Right. It was gonna be, gonna be called Bonsai High. <laughs> it's basically a bunch of like the reme- the remedial nerdy kids at a high school, like former karate team to try to take out like the bullies of the school who are like this, you know, karate team. And, uh, and I start. I, got, I think I got about ten pages in, and my hard drive crashed, and I lost it. Um, and, uh, my dad gave me a story idea once, or a title idea. There's a, uh, you know, uh, my dad when I was like in, I think, third or fourth grade or something. Mm-hmm. Um, my my sensei um, had no, I think it was fifth grade, but he um, he was leaving uh, to start his own. Um, you know, uh, he was leaving our dojo to start his own uh, dojo slash uh, restaurant. Oh, you know. So my dad was like, "Oh, cool! You should call it Kung Food." Nice. And awesome. he didn't laugh at all. My sensei. Kung Food. Yeah, wow. but I was like, "That's great!" So we were talking about it in the car, and he's like, "Kung Food, that'd be awesome." You know, we we're talking about that, and I was like, "Um." Uh, and he goes, you know, I, I was like, who should be the mascot? He was like, how about the Taekwondo boy? Nice. And <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, we will think it's so judo chop salad. And we're just coming up with like these crazy ideas. And then I was like thinking years later that, that Kung Fu still stuck in my head. And I was like, you know what? That would be an awesome idea for a movie. Like a great movie that I... You know, okay, non-horror movie that I would love to be remade. Yeah. Uh, no Retreat, No Surrender. You yeah. Know. You ever seen that movie? I don't think... It was, no, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme's, like, first, like, big movie. But he wasn't, oh, okay. like, the star. Oh, he played, like, this Russian dude who, uh, you know, who's, like, the big champion guy, you know, in karate. Mm-hmm. And he starts, um, what, what happens is this uh, family moves to whatever uh, state that they're going to or whatever to start over. This uh, The uh, father owes all this money to this mobster or something, you know. Uh, yeah. The mobster, uh, you know, uh, once challenge, you know, has the uh, Russian guy challenge the father mm-hmm. to fighting. And the father backs down, but the kid learns karate from Bruce Lee's ghost. Oh, well. You know, practices with Bruce Lee's ghost, gets better and better, and ends up uh, fighting the guy and, uh, you know, uh, taking him down and everything, which is kind of, it was a cool movie, you know, yeah. because of that idea of, you know, Bruce Lee's ghost being Mr. Miyagi kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, it just, you know, it didn't do, you know, it, it's one of those 80s classics, like, I bet Jordy would well, I have seen it, you know, has seen it already. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to ask him, but, you know, I'm pretty sure he's seen it. 
Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of talking to ghosts, uh, my other my other screenplay that uh, unfortunately got zapped, you know, by a crashing hard drive. That was uh, it was called the Third Shift, and basically the premise was it was about like a like an alien zombie attack at you know that basically they take on this like this Walmart type store, and it's like it's like the you know the graveyard shift workers have to fight them off. Okay. And like I don't, I don't, yeah, it was I mean, it was fun. Like you know the characters, you know some of the characters were pretty funny. Like one of the characters, like he was this kind of kind of sidetracked rock and roller type dude, and he's just he's just working this shitty you know Walmart job. You should actually like, change the title. Do you know what to? What's that? The graveyard shift. The graveyard shift. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's a uh, yeah. That was Stephen King. That's a Stephen King title, isn't it? Oh shit! Is I could, it? I could probably yeah. Well, titles can be know. you know. Okay. Yeah, I could probably. Things so that you can't copyright a title. Yeah. You can't that's copyright true. a title. You can only yeah. uh, copyright like the stuff, the idea behind yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. One. Of the, yeah. But yeah, one of the things with uh like the lead character. It's like he actually he talked to the ghost of Buddy Holly, and the the ghost of Buddy Holly would kind of give him advice. Like I don't know if you ever read uh, if you've ever read Preacher the comic book. Uh, I I haven't. Like I have the first uh, yeah uh, graphic novel, but I never yeah it's pretty yeah it's pretty yeah really yeah really good book. But uh, but the lead character you know Jesse Custer like he talks to he talks to like this apparition of John Wayne. He just kind of drops in every now and then, and they talk and. It was gonna be kind of. I was kind of going for something like that. Oh, but uh, but yeah, it was yeah, it was interesting. I'll, I'll probably I'll probably get back to writing again one of these days. Yeah, definitely. You yeah. should try, uh, check it out and try and do that. Um, uh, you know, I would say you should do the. They call it the night shift, but that was also right. I, uh, that was the actual working title for Intruder. Yeah. Which uh, would have also made sense, but I think that's the thing. Um, Intruder makes a better sense because it's you know one of those movies that you can make a uh, sequel. Yeah. You know if they if they have you know they left it op- open so that they can make a sequel if they really wanted to. Yeah. So um, there could have been Intruder Two, and that just yeah. sounds better than the Night Shift Two. You know. Yeah. Exactly. That that's the idea. That's that's why. Um, oh, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. Um, have you ever read um, Bruce Campbell's book? Uh, I read that. Yeah, I read the. He's got two of them, right? Yeah, yeah I read the that. I read the, the one about if Jim could kill. Yeah, I read that one. That was good. Yeah. Um. The coolest thing is how. Um. You know, I was talking to Josh Becker about this stuff and uh, on my show, and he mentions that. Um. You know what the original title for uh, uh, Evil Dead was, right? Yeah, it was a uh, yeah Book of the Dead. Book of the Dead. But why did they change that? Do you remember? I think it was. Uh... Oh, I forget. It was like because the guy who, you know, uh, was selling the movies overseas and other places, you know, um, yeah, was uh, said that it's uh, his name was uh, Irvin Shapiro, and he said that, um, you know, uh, you know, he's like Book of the Dead. It makes people think that they've got to read for ninety minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then uh, you should call it Evil Dead Men and Evil Dead Women. <laughs> he was like listing all these really silly titles that had nothing to do with the movie, That's but they were titles that did well when they were trying to, you know. 
So later on, uh, there's another movie that, you know, and then they, of course, went with Evil Dead. They were like, well, Evil Dead sounds better. The Evil yeah. Dead, so. Um, but in, um, what is it, uh, number, um, uh, was it, uh, The Thou Shall Not Kill Except, a mm-hmm. uh, movie that Josh Becker had done with Sam Raimi as Charles Manson. Yeah. Irvin Shapiro also had a hand in that, and he, um, the movie's called Strikers War originally. Yeah. And he goes, it sounds like people are in strike during a war. You know? Yeah. So he's yeah, like, exactly. oh, your movie is now called Thou Shall Not Kill Except. Yeah. I was like, that sounds like a tagline. <laughs> not, not a not a movie. Uh movie title. And yeah. Like, Do you want me to represent your picture? He goes, um, yeah, of course I do. It's like, then the title of the movie is Thou Shall Not Kill Except. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing that would kind of drive me nuts as like a, as like a filmmaker. Just like, you know, producers kind of... Like, in, in a sense, you know, they're trying to sell the movie and get it out there and, you know... And they, they, they probably know money. more. You know, they, yeah. they know more. I mean, they know what sells, you know. Yeah. And that's yeah, like they like they know it was sell, but like you know they come in and be like, well, we got to make these changes and do this and this and this, and you know, I, right. know, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't dig that. Well, it's one, one thing. It's one. That's why I've always kind of been a fan of like doing like you know kind of solitary art forms. Like I've always been into like you know, you know, doing my music stuff and like you know stand up comedy, which is basically just like what's great about stand up is like you're just it's just you your ideas and a microphone and that's it you know there's no like well you know then there's got to be the audience usually oh yeah yeah the audience too so you got to make them laugh i mean you can't just do it for yourself because yeah exactly yeah you kind of have to you kind of have to entertain them and do that i mean the stand comedy is is brutal it's oh yeah definitely like it takes a lot of people like you know and some people don't even write their own jokes like they get people, they hire people to write the jokes for them. And they right. Write yeah. Like, um, Chad Apatow uh, used to do that, I believe. Yeah. He used to write jokes for people like Larry Sanders, and or uh, mm-hmm. like the Landy, Larry Sanders show, and Gary Shandling, you know. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, he used to do that. And, you know, I I respect Judd because he, he is pretty funny. Yeah. And he's yeah. very funny. Um, have yeah. you seen Knocked Up yet? Oh yeah, that that was awesome. I loved it. Uh yeah. I mean, I thought you know, I thought a lot of people that had tried that kind of uh, movie, like you look at a movie like Jersey Girl, where it's supposed to be about a parent, you know, coming to being. Yeah. And um, you look at like um, look at like Big Daddy is another one of those things where okay. it's supposed to be the parent. Well. They do something a little bit different where it's the guy dealing with, you know, like, instead of having the kid already be around, you know, dealing with the kid being, you know. Yeah. Grown, uh, you know, in, in the womb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was a different story in a way. Like, you know, the guy had to come to being. And, you know what? Okay, anybody who's watched Knocked Up, you know, that's still listening to the show, just close your or hasn't seen knocked up. Uh, close your close your ears if you don't want to listen to this. Because um, the one thing I did want to mention is I, I I just thought of it today. 
I think like only like maybe three or four hours ago. But you know how she uh how um what is it, uh Catherine uh how do you how do you say her last time? Catherine Catherine Heigel. Heigel? Uh yeah. Catherine Heigel, uh her um her uh sister, Debbie, uh which was played by um uh I'm really bad tonight about names. Um Leslie Mann who Leslie Mann, that's right, yeah. Fantastic actress. I love her to death. Like yeah, I, she's really good. Everything I see of her, I'm just laughing my ass off. Um, but she, uh, you know, she and uh, Catherine were uh, in the car. Or, well, I think they were. I, were they in the car? Or were they in the uh, the bed talking? But they were talking about how she says that you have to criticize the other person so much that you break them down so that they change, and then they will thank you later in the end for it yeah. well later on she does that but not like I don't think she does it intentionally but yeah. she will criti- she criticizes him the whole time mm. you know you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that he mentions you know yeah. you know you shouldn't you know you shouldn't smoke pot you shouldn't uh, have samurai swords in the house <laughs> right yeah. yeah and you know and later on she tells him, you know, you know what, you can do that, blah 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 blah. If you want, you just can't do it with me, pretty much. Yeah. And then he, you know, and then when, then he goes out and he decides he needs to change his life. Mhm. Right. And he yeah. moves out. He gets a job. He, you know, he stops smoking pot. You know, presumably, you don't really see it, but you know, you presume mm-hmm. he's. Yeah. That was that was that was that you know you know what I mean like yeah she was telling me what she told him you know she kind of set it up like as you know and that's what makes Judd such a fantastic writer is I never even noticed that like they set that up yeah you know and it was about my like third or fourth time watching and I was like wait did they mm-hmm. oh my god that's awesome they set it up you know yeah. So uh Yeah, it's really yeah, it was a really good really good movie. I liked it a lot. Really, really well written. And yeah, um, I'm you know, I'm a Judd you know, I've been a Judd fan since uh uh well I guess since um uh, you know, uh, Freaks and Geeks and stuff, so Yeah. Um, yeah, was a, yeah, was a, that was a that was a really good show. You know what the coolest thing is? I've I've gotten an email, God I wish I saved it. Um of uh you know, of Paul Feig, who wrote uh, Freaks and Geeks, created Freaks and Geeks. Oh, nice. Um, I got an email from him saying um, how much he was glad that I liked his uh, two books, or at least his one book that I read, because mm-hmm. I don't think at the time his other one had come out. But, yeah. you know, um, and I explained to him that I was a aspiring writer who was trying to do something like what he did, which was, you know, take actual facts of my life and put them into a movie and blah 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 and um he was like you know he wrote back to me this really really awesome email saying you know thank you so much for reading my books and for liking freaks and geeks and you know and being such a fan and whatnot and um you know hopefully one day we'll see each other both on the marquee together cool you know and stuff like that yeah i was like you know what that is sweet that is yeah. very sweet. That is awesome. I I I can't, you know, I, you can't, uh, you know, I don't think yeah, I could 
put into words how 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 happy that made me. So yeah. there there are a lot of cool. people out there like like Paul Feig. Now now I can't get them probably to ever do a show like this, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know. Until I get Wes Craven on my show, then all of a sudden he'd be like, "You have Wes Craven on your show, sure." <laughs> you know that hey, will be know. that will rock one day. Yeah, yeah, you never know, man. Could happen. Yeah, stranger things have happened. <laughs> yes, indeed, they sure have. Um, you know, when when one day I'm doing a radio show like in LA, I'll I'll have you come in as a co-host. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you come in like for a co-host for a week or something. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you can uh, do that. But uh, so is there anything else? Like, was there a topic that we just discussed that you? That you wanted to discuss another thing about or anything? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I think I'm. I think I'm just about tapped out for the night. Oh, uh, for real? Yeah. You know, if you yeah. can tell, I, I've got a little bit of a cold too, so I should probably have oh, really? that pretty yeah. soon. But um, so I'm glad you came out here for the show. Yeah, me too, man. We got to talk a little bit more too, and uh, glad we got to talk to Chris Harrison and his his crew. Um, I wish I had given him a little bit more notice, but. You know, yeah. I I didn't even think like I just kind of threw out a day, and I thought yeah. since it's October and it's close to Halloween. Um, yeah, it's actually uh, but um, it's almost uh, like what uh, uh, only like I don't know how many more days to Halloween, but um, you know I'm really excited to uh, you know to to have all these uh, Halloween guests. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, the more the more I get more people that come on the show, the more other people start like hearing about it and hopefully want to. I mean, it's only been a year, but still, you know. Yeah. Still, yeah. Uh, you know, it's still going strong. So awesome. that's good. Very awesome. Yeah, it's very awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, like a lot of a lot of the people that try to do their own shows, only a few of them actually. You know, like a lot of people had. Spawned off of me and created their own blog talk shows, and yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, none of them were bad or anything. I love them all, but like some of them, people just don't stick with it. Yeah, because they just like, I guess they lose interest, or you know, they don't really have too much to talk about, and they don't want to. You know, they don't have a certain, like, certain show. So. Yeah. Are right, you sound like you're about to yawn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just yawn. Okay, so you gotta you probably gotta go to bed, right? Yeah, I gotta go gotta go sleep and go work tomorrow and good stuff. Well, uh, you know, you yeah. should start telling people that you've 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 talked to a guy who's gonna be a future uh future big name to look at, you know. Yeah, definitely. All right, man. Well thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. All right, oh, no problem, uh, yeah. till uh till next time. Uh, yeah, when who knows when that'll be, whenever you can uh Probably at least probably on the October twenty fifth show if you can. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's gonna be the uh, that's gonna be the big anniversary show. So. Oh, nice. I'm gonna try nice. to have uh, as many people as I can. I'm trying to get Brian on the show, but cause, you know cool. he was one of the first people on my show, and that'd be awesome. To get my friend Brett Kelly, who I mentioned to the uh, Chris Harris, uh, no, to the, to the special effects guy that. Uh, yeah. You know, Brett's a pretty big. Uh, you know, pretty big supporter of this stuff. So if I can cool. have him or uh, the porn director I had and stuff like that, people like that to come back and 
you know, give me kind of a one-year, you know, talk about, you know, what they've been up to. Cool. That could be awesome. pretty cool. That'd All right, well, thank you so much. No problem, man. We'll talk to you later. I guess, yeah, we'll set something up. Yeah, cool. Yeah, drop me, yeah, drop me an email anytime, and, uh, yeah, we'll do it up. All right, man. All right, dude, have a good night, and I'll talk to you later. All right, man, you too. All right, man, take care. All right, guys. That was uh, that was Chris Neary, uh, my co-host for the night, and we had uh, the guys from the Left for Dead, uh, uh, the Canadian uh, slasher uh, movie that uh, I guess is going to blow up soon. So hopefully, uh, fingers crossed that that uh, it gets to be that big. So um, anyway, uh, thank you guys uh, for listening, and thanks to all the all, all the people that came on the show tonight. And uh, thanks for people who are going to listen to the archives. And um, I hope that uh, everybody just keeps listening and that uh, we get more and more people, uh, you know, to, to, to tune in. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.